world was on fire, no one could save me but you. And it's strange what desire can make foolish people do. I'd never dreamed that I'd meet somebody like you. I'd never dreamed that I'd miss somebody like you. And I don't wanna fall in love. And I don't wanna fall in love with you. With you. What a wicked thing to say. You never felt that way. What a wicked thing to do. To make me dream of you. What a wicked game you play. You never felt that way. What a wicked thing to do. To make me dream of you. And I don't wanna fall in love. And I. With you, with you, world was on fire. No one could save me but you. And it's strange what desire can make foolish people do. I'd never dream that I'd meet somebody like you. I'd never dream that I'd miss somebody like you. And I. Well, that was a very interesting cover of Wicked Games because exactly that is happening to the United States of America and everyone else around the world. It feels like we are caught in a trap where all these people are playing some wicked ass games. And I know that many of you, like myself, are kind of tired of it. I mean, this isn't a game. Right. But they want us to treat it like one. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Now, what we're going to talk about today is things happening. But first, let me address I have no idea 
why Rumble privated that video. I am I can communicate with someone, but I want to see first before I go looking like a crazy person. Did I click something wrong? I've been looking, haven't found anything yet. I have not found anything yet where I picked for it to be privated. So I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see, are there any features that I clicked? Did I say archive? Because for whatever reason, I was able to see it and people aren't able to see it. And it comes up and I see it that it says it's private. And it's like, I, I don't have that option. Who privated it? Who made it private? Why? Why? And, you know, the guy is the behind Rumble and it's not Bongino, just so you know, um, they're pretty smart guys. And it's like, I don't understand uh, why it was, it was done like that. Uh, I will take a look and see, but regardless, censorship is a big problem. And I have been for a very long time working on that. Um, I have to say that um, I've been, I've already obtained, I guess, the websites from like a few years ago because I knew it was coming. Uh, but I wanted to create a website that almost looks like Netflix, where you just get all the shows just there and they will be put there. So I'm trying to fix that archive. I know we have our Tory Said site, uh, which uh, pulls a lot of it. And obviously my podcasts, well, they never go old. And this is why when you're watching something and I narrate it, it's because not a lot of people watch it, uh, you know, on the screen. They listen. I have a lot of people that are overseas and they pull my shows. They dub them, right? Or sometimes they leave them in English and they stream them as sound. So one thing um, I was offered a couple months ago uh, from Korean television was to actually have my own show. And see, I don't like that. You know, um, not not saying I don't like um, <laughs> um, to to I just don't like being on TV. Um, and that's because, you know, the message gets lost. People get distracted with stupid shit. Like how your hair is like for me, I know that I'm not supposed to be looking at stupid shit. Do you know how many times I throw shit at the wall when I'm listening to Steve Bannon talk and not because I don't like what he says, but I'm like, why are you doing this? Or why don't you comb your hair? Or I don't like that shirt on you, you know, stupid shit. And that's the thing. Video does, um, uh, does take away from the message uh, when someone is having their own show and they're talking. Uh, so uh, you can always find me on iTunes, on iHeart, and you can listen to it. Uh, and and that's the way it is uh, for now. I'm still going to look into this privatizing thing because, you know, you never know. I might have clicked it. I might have done something. So I don't want to look stupid uh, when I go back and say, hey, you know, what's going on now? Moving along, we're going to be revisiting a lot of things that we've talked about in the past. Um, specifically, hold on. Oops. Oops. That's like my intermission song. Hold on. There's a, where is it? Hold on. I have it. Give me a sec. Where is the, is this it? Um, um, shoot. Guys, I'm sorry. Um, um, where is it? We always joke about it, but I'm like, look at it. Here it is. Okay. So we talked about the Film Actors Guild. I did um, articles about it. I've discussed it many, many times. I'm sorry that took a while. Um, 
But it was important that I give that information to you now rather than later. So uh, <laughs> I am going to show you how last year in July, so it came a little bit early. You know, they pulled the, the pin pretty quick. But um, oh, shoot, wrong. I want to show you the article because I, I wrote about it. And again, I know people don't read, but they should, right? They should. So this article on your screen right now, which is titled FAGS, F-A-G-S, always stick to the strip still, talking about water, Haiti. Now, it was a very specific format too. This was published on the 13th of July, 2021, where, uh, you know, things came out of Hunter Biden's laptop. And it was talking about Haiti. Uh, this is why I have a Haiti article too. And, you know, there were mentions of what's to come. Though, obviously, it has to be done in a specific fashion, right? Because we can't just do things. But this is where they're talking about water. 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 USA, the unseen enemy's piggy bank. So there's a lot in this article. But the most specific one was talking about fags. And one very specific one, which is Sean Penn, of course, right? So as you see, I have Rays of Light, TBA indictments. But this one is all about Sean Penn, the fag of the new agency, Haiti, El Chapo, and assassinations. See, again, this one was written on the 13th of July, right? 13th of July. And I've kind of like wrote it, but no one really reads articles anymore, right? Nobody reads articles anymore. And more so, truth is sequestered to only some, right? You're supposed to be special in order to be on a pedestal. And we're going to break some pedestals down now. So that way you can see. Obviously, you can see all this stuff, right? <laughs> right? Right? You can see all this. Uh Let's take a look at this video, and maybe maybe you guys have not. If you're the world's you're most, the world's famous, most drug famous lord, drug lord, responsible for untold amounts of misery and death, how do you justify what you've done? Joaquin El Chapo Guzman competes with a cockerel on one of his farms and offers us this. Then a reminder, this is no farmhand in a flamboyant shirt. A member of his private army wanders into shot. No había otro camino como darla. We'll come to the bizarre story of this interview in a moment. But first, over the weekend, a gun battle in the city of Los Machos, a joint U.S.-Mexican operation, caught El Chapo hiding out in a sewer. Appropriate for the man the Mexicans call Lord of the Tunnels. Now, back in the prison he last escaped from in this. 
Today, we learned that a team of El Chapo engineers was sent to Germany for three months training ahead of its construction. And now the El Chapo story takes another turn down the rabbit hole. Quiero dejar en claro el contenido de esta entrevista es exclusivo para la señorita Kay del Castillo y el señor Sean Penn. Turns out the new interview with Rolling Stone magazine was brokered by the American actor with the help of We don't need them to complete our pretty pictures. Mexican actor Kate Del Castillo. The people will be very sympathetic. Both actors have been critical about the effectiveness of the U.S. and Mexican war on drugs. Sean Penn met El Chapo in September while he was still on the run. His article in the magazine describes driving through an army checkpoint with one of El Chapo's lieutenants, for example. We arrive at a military checkpoint. Two uniformed government soldiers back away, looking embarrassed, and wave us through. The article is in fact quite a clever analysis of the war on drugs, but it has its moments of moral relativism as well. Whatever villainy is attributable to this man and his indisputable street genius, he is also a humble rural Mexican. Mexican officials said they were aware of the October meeting between Penn, Del Castillo and El Chapo and were considering an investigation into the actors. Either way, their involvement didn't go down well in some quarters. I hope they extradite El Chapo to the United States. And, you know, if one of these American actors who have benefited from the greatness of this country, who have made money from our free enterprise system, want to go fawn all over a criminal and a drug trafficker in their interviews, they have a constitutional right to do it. I find it grotesque. There was also talk between the actors and the drug lord of a film biopic. Questions then for the sequel. Will El Chapo get extradited? What will become of his empire? Who's really winning the war on drugs? And who's losing? Oh my gosh. I said all of that and nobody heard anything. Fantastic. All right. So where I was going with this is that video was in my article titled Sean Penn, the fag of the new agency, Haiti, El Chapo and assassinations. Now, as you saw, this actor was able to obtain an interview with, you know, El Chapo when the rest of when he was um, on the run and wanted, right? He was on the run and wanted. <laughs> and that's so weird. And the thing is, you guys forget who I told you I work with. Do you think I don't know this shit? So anyway, continuing. This not only had to do with the Mexican cartels and and the assassinations and let me get into that. So as you can see from the Hunter Biden laptop, there were uh, people that were working with Sean Penn, which was determined to be this guy and some other guy that were identified. I'll get this as Sean Penn's, uh, you know, driver and bodyguard for the relief organization um, that, you know, had it just let's just remember Feinstein's driver and now let's remember Sean Penn's driver's comparison, right? Whatever happened to that driver, right? So when they killed the uh, the president of Haiti, it was people that worked with uh Sean Penn. And and Sean Penn, as you will see from the emails, 
was competing with Hillary Clinton in Haiti. And then you're going to be wondering what? And he had to do with water and health care. And Hunter Biden was just trying to get some deals because they wanted their foot in the door. Again, Hillary Clinton doesn't belong to the same conglomerate that the Bidens do. Old gods, new gods. I, I told you to watch American gods, right? It would give you better perspective on the war that we're seeing now. So I kind of let you guys know who he is and why. So that way, you when you see him again, you knew. And a lot of you did. But this is the problem that we have with our society today, right? We have problems in society today, which are people are like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? And it's like when you fucking read, okay? When you start reading and we start putting out truth and not giving a shit where it comes from, just fucking read. And if you can prove it different, then so be it. That's it. I get really upset, so I cuss a little. Because everybody thinks they know what they're talking about. Well, okay, then explain this. Oh, let me guess. Just made that up, too, right? Or let me guess. Google this shit, too, a year ago for today. Stop. Like, the thing is, people don't even know when they hear the truth, right? People don't even know when they hear the truth. That's the problem. They listen to all these idiots that tell them they have secret sources, right? You don't need a secret source. We have everything we need. And that's it. Now we're going to talk about Sean Penn today because he's been, you know, a lot of assets have been popping up in the media saying shit that doesn't make sense. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you can always tell which people are bound by evil. They, they seem to be in cycles, it reminds me of a verse, Matthew 17, 14, 18. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy healed instantly. Have you guys ever read that? that that's kind of like the evil that we need to rebuke. I've always said, you must call evil by its name. You must be able to see what the truth is and is not. Your gut should be telling you this. Anyone sitting there preaching that they know they know fuck no you don't I listen to some of these things that people say and it drives me insane just thinking how many people are walking off the cliff with it completely we have everything we need the only thing we need is to unite so that we can bring it all down in one full sweep the problem is people don't want to do that because they can't make money. It comes down to money. If you can sequester the information, if you can control the information, then you make money on the information. And you can also get yourself a good footing, a good deal. Hey, I won't drop this if you do me this way, bear. Speaking of favors, <clears throat> so today, 
I I had um I had a phone call with someone, which by the way I slept in like like thank goodness my eldest daughter took Phoebe to school because I slept in so hard like a log. Okay, I didn't fall asleep till four a.m. But I rarely get more than like four hours of sleep. Okay, and I slept so hard it's not even funny. Like my body must have needed it. Like we're talking hard. And so I'd missed a call and, um, I, I get on that call and people started asking me to, to talk about things that we shouldn't be talking over the phone with, but you know, so for some meetings, I should say, and speaking of favors. <laughs> and so I was busy doing that while I'm still trying to do laundry. Mind you, I have like three suitcases that I've been rotating doing half laundry. Okay. Like it's insane. And so (laughs) I'm trying to do that. And I have a campaign. I have, thank God. Let me just say something. Hiatus here. Thank God for everyone that is working on my campaign. They have no idea because I can't even talk about it. Some of the stuff that I'm doing right now. And how I feel like I'm I'm spread as thin as like really cheap toast, right? It's like, you know, the cheap toast, meaning that they put like that one dot of butter and they're like, it's buttered. And you're like, what? I can't even see it. I need a microscope. That's how spread thin I am. Okay. So I have to say my campaign team is incredible, right? Incredible because we're supposed to like muster up, you know, so many thousands of signatures. Um you know, by a certain date. So, oh my gosh, I am very grateful and very lucky to have people because the thing is they're fighting, right? To get the signatures, not because I like Tory. No, it's because (laughs) they, they want their state changed and they know that I'm going to do it. I mean, anybody, even my haters would say, yeah, she totally changed shit. Okay. Even my haters would say it. Okay. Even my haters would say it. So anyway, So I'm on the phone and I'm talking and, you know, I'm going through emails. I multitask. It's ridiculous. And I'm going through emails and I'm like, damn, instant. See, this is why we need to control our thoughts sometimes. So I'm looking through emails that my lawyers send me and I see one and I'm like, holy shit, I flagged this like two weeks ago. And so I want to say thank you to all the people that show me support because locals came through today and I was like, damn, thank God. So I was looking through the emails and I was like, all right, well, I have to, um, shit, I owe for, for Carrie and Brennan's service. They're, they're not cheap, right? And so I'm like, damn. And I, you know, gave away all the crow that I had made. But guess what? The minute I had that thought, I was like, why would you say that? Now all these people are going to be able to do stuff. It's so wrong. So I was like, you know what? We can't, we, can you, can you guys hold on for a second? So I stopped for a second, said a quick prayer. And I said, I need to get these devilish thoughts out of me because those are greedy thoughts. And so I get back on the phone. They're like, are you okay? Did you need to, yeah, just had to go do and talk to someone, which was true. And so as we're talking, not even three minutes into the call, and I'm starting to yap my mouth and they're like, look for this email. An email comes through saying, oh, your locals um, membership thing is coming through. 
boom. I was like, see, that's what we need to be doing because I'm battling with so many demons. It's not even funny. The thoughts that go through my mind are ridiculous because I keep thinking because I'm so much under attack so sequestered in a corner, so many people trying to silence my voice that I'm tired. And, and, and these thoughts do go through my mind. Like I am tired. I don't need to, to, um, you know, I know I don't need this, right? I could just, that's it. And just play with my dog and my cat and hang out with my kids and just fuck it. Cause I'm going to be gone before any of this shit really, really hits the fan. Well, the real war. Uh, but the thing is, this is the first one. So it needs to be done. And it's like, I work so hard. I see it. Other people don't. I feel like I do. Other people may not, right? 24-7. Because I'm I'm not fighting just for my kids. I'm fighting for the future. I mean, what's the point? You feel like you have no point. At some point, these ideas come into my head too. I get tried and tested just like you guys do. And that's all they do. They put in these ideas of lack and pain and suffering. And then you're just like, ah, oh, you know, you doubt yourself and see in that second, that split second, when I saw the emails, cause I was looking for one from, from, from my lawyer, a specific one that came up and it was flagged. And I felt like, a, you know, like a POS. I was like, Oh my God, I haven't done this yet. And so when I saw it, the first thought was like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I could have just instead like, cashed it out, paid the 20% given it to him. And then I was like, oops, stop. I literally paused the call. So uh, all of them, probably some of them are listening to this call, right? To, to this show right now. Uh, they probably thought I went to the bathroom or did something. It was a good three minutes where all I did was pray. And seriously, I only say a few words just to reset myself from those thoughts. And we always have to do that. Whenever you catch yourself in the position where you're like, I'm in a position of lack, I'm in the position of pain, I'm in the position of, I can't do this. When you're freaking out, because guys, I have bitch fits like nobody's business, okay? We need to start catching ourselves. And I've been implementing this for the past like four weeks since I've been, uh, you know, freaking out and, uh, you know, that pause and, and, and just saying a few words out loud. Right. Hence like, you know, when Alexa <laughs> listens to me, right? <laughs> like, damn, that bitch is crazy. Cause all I do is pray and I talk. So you must catch your thoughts before they put you in the position you are. Right. It's really important because that is the same idea here. When you see demons catch you. Okay. So it's, it's, it's important that we catch ourselves in those thoughts, right? These thoughts that we're having like bad thoughts, you know, I, I just wanted to point, say that because I'm not someone that doesn't struggle, right? I struggle just like every single one of you. Okay. Every single one of you, I struggle so much. There are so many times that I'm like that, that, that gift that goes around, you know, with the, with the, with the fat dude sitting behind the computer, just tossing papers, like all fucked up, like fuck this shit. That's me almost every day, at least five, six times a day where I feel like, why should I, you know, even bother doing this shit when people are going to come out and just talk shit? Why should I even bother to give a shit about that person when that person is talking shit about me? Right. And, and that's why I'm like, fuck this, fuck this. You know, why is it that I'm helping losers? Literally today, I helped two losers that have made money talking about me because I didn't want to see injustice happen to them. 
two losers in that in one conference call two losers were in a lot of trouble and i was like you know no matter how much i want to marry these losers i can't because it's not right and it's like yeah they're still out there talking smack to make money for themselves i, I mean you know it makes you upset because we all feel that every single day where we're like karen mind your business like i'm fighting for you too just leave me alone Mind your business. You want to be all bitter and shit? Go to your corner and do that shit. Don't come up in my space. So I just wanted to say that because that is, you know, how I feel a lot of us feel. There's a lot of people out there fighting for real right now. I, I see when I poke my head into state rooms where people are having discussions and, and thinking about what this and what that, you know, we've got people in other countries that are coming together to, to work on something, which is going to be incredible. Okay incredible. You know, we've got a lot of people thinking, Hey, I've got this idea. I've got that. You know, if you want to go ahead and put your head down and not do anything, just stay in your fucking lane. Let the big boys handle it, which is us, the people. We don't need these fags or, you know, losers. You know, a lot of people are talking, well, we'll get to it. Cause I don't want to get excited and, and talk over uh, <laughs> how I want to like, put it out. <laughs> but it's important that we remember to center ourselves. That three minutes, even though people were like, what did you do? Like, it, you just went silent, right? It's like, I, mind your business. That's what I said on the phone. Mind your business, right? So they could have had ideas, like she went to the bathroom. Okay, guys, cat's out of the bag. I had to go say a prayer because I was a little bit pissed off at myself for being pissed off at myself because, I, you know, I wasn't thinking of myself when I did something and I felt like I punished myself for doing that when in actual fact, I didn't because like literally not even three minutes. I'm sitting there looking for a specific email. And then, you know how when you're checking your email, new emails, the little alert comes in and it's like locals, um, you know, your payments on the way. I'm like, holy shit, there it is. See, that's all I need to do. Center myself. And then it just goes away. Right. It just runs away. So any bad thought you have. No matter what it is, no matter how small or how big, whenever you have that bad thought, right, just take a minute and talk it out to yourself. Like, all right, God, you know, this is not fair. Why am I thinking this? I know it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be this. You know, when I usually had really bad thoughts and it made no sense to me, and this is like super weird, whenever I'd go to church, and I'd sit there. The priest's obviously doing his thing. In an Orthodox church, they, they chant, they do, right? I would find myself thinking of stupid shit. Like, um, did I unplug the toaster? Um, did I finish with the kitty litter? Hmm. Did Phoebe feed the cats or are they without food? Hmm. Um, ooh, what's that? Uh, you know, on the wall. Could that be a squash bug or just this? Does that make sense? Have you guys ever had that? Because when I'm supposed to be at a time of peace, I find myself thinking about shit that I shouldn't be thinking about, especially in church, right? And um, I should be focusing on good stuff. I'm just putting it out there. It happens to the best of us to think of things that are not appropriate at the time and or bad thoughts, the thoughts of lack, the thoughts of loss, the thoughts of failure, right? Failures make winners, right? You can't win if you don't fail. 
Okay. There's got to be failure to win. And every failure builds you up to the next win. It's when you stop that you ultimately fail. Just, just remember that. Just remember that. Now, um, I just wanted to say, I, I say this a lot, but a lot of people quote scriptures. I, I see it all the time, but they don't get it. You must always walk in faith and just do it. Just take that step and be like, yeah, it's a cliff, but I'm good. Because I could tell you one thing, walking off cliffs myself, putting myself out there, saying things that I know people cannot comprehend because you're just not there yet, right? Because you don't understand the technology we actually have. I get it, right? But I put myself out there. I wear my heart on my sleeve, right? This is it. When it was like that Denzel Washington thing. Hold on. Let me play that. Let me play the sound because that was like, that really hit me because it came in. Oh my gosh. Do you know when it came in? Right after I did my prayer, it came in at 1246 when, when it was posted, right? Um, well, no, it wasn't posted then. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The Denzel thing. It was in the morning that I shared it, but somebody else shared it earlier, right? I'm trying to see. Or was it at night when we did that call with, yeah, I was like, see, see you guys, I don't even know what countries I'm talking to right? There you go. Like that's how mashed up my head is. But this is it. This is it. Here it goes. There's a saying when the devil ignores you, then you know you're doing something wrong. Wait a minute. I'm not done now. <laughs> you know, the, the devil goes, oh no, leave him alone. Hey, he's my favorite. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Him. Yeah. Conversely, when the devil comes at you, Maybe it's because you're trying to do something right. How true does that sound, right? How many of you, yeah, it was last night. So it was when I was talking with the other country. Great. More FISA warrants. (laughs) Just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Um, You know, I have, I have, I really need to get my time in check for sure. Um, I really, really do. Um, I I forgot that it's Friday. I I thought it was Wednesday for some reason. Um, Yesterday, I thought it was Friday. The day before yesterday, I thought it was Friday. So um, the days just meld for me because I don't know, my cortisol response is really stupid too. But I, I know a lot of people feel like that. And I know that resonates too. So, okay, so let's, let's take a deep breath and let's dive into uh, what we're going to be talking about. Um, hold on, where is it? I want to go, where is it? See, it's hot mess. I want to go show you an advertisement first. Okay, let me share some advertisement with you. Here we go. Creative Artists Agency is one of the world's leading talent firms. In fact, it is the only one that has a true global presence. We have expanded operations from Los Angeles to Miami, to New York, London, and Beijing. With over 1,400 employees and 11 offices around the world, we are able to help our clients all over and around the clock. Furthermore, being backed by TPG, one of the most successful private equity companies, always allows CAA to have its funding. 
With over $80 billion in assets, TPG and CAA are able to assist their clients build a brand and provide top-of-the-line financial services. We specialize in industries such as film, sports, and music. We represent marquee clients such as Brad Pitt, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Kanye West. But what makes CAA agents so special? Great character, passionate about the artist and their work, and uh, believes that when he or she hears no, that that's the great news. That's the beginning of getting toward yes. So why should you use creative artist agency? Our clients love what we can do for them. With our marketing and creative geniuses and wide range of services, such as branding and marketing, licensing and financial management, you're always able to get the best deal for you. Feel free to contact one of our offices to set up an appointment with an agent. Did you know that the majority of the children acting positions are filmed and held in Georgia because they have minor registration for acting there? Yeah. It's one of the states that you could just sign up online and get it done. Now, let me show you how CAA works. Both of these are CAA people, but let me, let me show you how it works. Common, I know is we have a late show tonight because of the debate. Did you get to watch it? I, I came here early so uh-huh. that I could watch it. Oh, excellent. And mercifully, you have an open bar. Yes. <laughs> because I find it very stressful. The debate itself. Debating. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not actually debating. I, 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 I worried for every one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel it in my bones because it is not an organic place for debate. Strangely enough, that's what you were saying in the monologue about the 40 second, 45 seconds go. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's you have to be <clears throat> concise and you can't get into detail and you have to hit all the right notes. And but I think, by the way, that most of them did a very good job of that. Would you oh, agree? Oh, I, listen, I think that, first of all, anybody who has a serious mission of service, which I believe is true of all of them, along with other agendas, perhaps. Uh, deserves a lot of credit and to be able to be articulate and to have any uh, clarity on the issues under those circumstances is extraordinary. Um, And I come out of it supporting Dave Chappelle for president. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) Um, But you're you're a Trump guy, right? (laughs) You know that. Yeah. It's LGBTQ and T again, tortoise. This is the animal you, you would, as an actor in class, you would sort of use that as the, the animal equivalent of President Trump. A tortoise? Don't, you, if you're watching him, I've been thinking that more and more, not with any political position on it, but just he's very tortoise-like. <laughs> In what way? That's interesting, because I feel like you're insulting tortoise. As I was saying it, I knew that people would think that. (laughs) No, I don't want to. Listen, here's what I felt about the debate tonight is more and more. I think that what they did better tonight was staying on issues. Yes. On him. Mm -hmm. I think that if we're in a country where he doesn't make the argument well enough against him, then we've lost anyway. They don't need to, to address him. I, th- I felt it more tonight because they didn't do it tonight. You think of that as a given. Yeah, it's like, okay, we know. If, we know. If people 
truly want to vote against their self-interest continuously, then he will be the next president of the United States again. But if, if they're paying attention, there are talented people in the group we saw tonight. And, and more importantly, there are talented people who are not in government that are going to, because one of the things you notice watching this is that nobody is really talking about leadership other than related to how you're going to pass a bill in Congress and so on. And we've seen the potential of a president, for example, the current president, to lead us to El Paso and to lead us to all kinds of enhanced hatred and anger and separation. But there's also this positive leadership that has to do with building coalition and supporting leaders among young people, particularly in the country now, who are really, because we know it's a cultural revolution that's going to shift this stuff, and it's those people getting behind a leader once they're in office that's going to force Congress to do the things they're going to have to do. So this is the only hope we've got. Given well, we have a tendency, I think, especially with young people, to sometimes get behind a leader and then elect them and maybe vote and do all those things that you need to do, and then that's kind of it, and then you wait. Yeah, but this generation does seem different to me because I certainly, you know, I'm born 1960 and I I certainly would have liked to have considered myself amongst a generation that was going to demand change. Um, Who's the first president you voted for? Do you remember? Let's see, 1960, you would have to be 18. So there'll be 1978. Yeah. So that would be just after Jimmy Carter, I guess. Yeah, that was an what Doug Brinkley called an unfinished presidency. I like Jimmy Carter a lot. Yeah, so it, 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 I, I don't remember uh-huh. whether I voted or not in that election. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Yeah. Do you tell your kids, you have to vote? You'd better vote? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that says everything about, you know, so much of my generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although sometimes when your parents yeah. tell you what you have to do, then you just don't want to do it. We excelled in hypocrisy. Yeah. <laughs> People think of you as a very serious guy in general. Will you, you, you think, think, of think of yourself, yourself as, as a serious, serious guy? guy? So what he told you was that they're going to target the children. And we did see that because he said it's a cultural revolution, right? He said a lot of things during this. And that... Um, it is important that we foster the children because they saw what they did in the summer of 2020. They lit America up. They gave us this specifically. This is what they gave us. This was, this was Biden's America, right? This is what he praised and said was incredible and what we need to foster. This is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop and they should not. A third straight night, Portland police declared a riot. The vast majority of the protests have been peaceful. Over the weekend, 59 officers injured and 47 people arrested. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announcing a proposal to cut a billion dollars from the New York City Police Department. We need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. This is not my America. If you noticed in 2020, we went through full-blown war in hypocrisy. We're all dying from COVID, but we're going to go out in the streets and burn shit down. We're all dying from COVID, but we're going to shoot this black retired man who owns a shop for a television set. Yet it was okay, but we're worried about Jay Six. 
Well, you know, J6 is a very interesting topic of conversation. We have a lot of people that are locked up. Some are CAA assets. Some are not. They're just random people, but they're just holding them to cause the fear the fear in the people that if you rise up and you go against us, we will lock you up and throw away the key because America said so. Remember, Kamala Harris compared J6 to 9-11. But what about the summer of 2020 and how we had, you know, uh, George Floyd, uh, you know, um, what is it? Um, going around America right? He was going around America, um, just having a million, you know, funerals. You know, it reminded me, it reminded me a lot, you know, and some of them were empty, right? But it reminded me a lot of this. And I, I, uh, it's like, you know, is this for real though? Can this really, does this really exist? I mean, I couldn't believe it. They should Tap this into George Floyd, okay? This should be a George Floyd thing, right? Because this is what it reminded me of. Literally, that's all I saw was the coffin dance across America for a guy who had gangbang raped a pregnant woman and did drugs. And that is what America stands for. This is what is okay. This is okay in our nation. They burnt down the church in front of the White House. Historical spot. And yet, you know, just a casket. I'm just going to say it was, it was terrible. And yet that's what they bank on. That the young people are stupid. But then we come in. We come in after the dust settles. We come in with our letters. We come in with our valid complaints. We come in with our lawsuits. And guess what? We come in with our stickers. And yet there are people that are interjecting our stickers by putting Trump says, I can fix that. You do not put the face of someone that triggers people on it when you want to get a message across. You stick to the freaking message. Okay. You keep it simple because a lot of people don't even know who Pelosi is. Okay. A lot of people don't. And you know, something that Sean Penn said was, oh, well, we already know who Trump is. Let's get this straight. Okay. Do you see how justice works? President Trump is not the man you saw where he would complain constantly. That's not what he was as a leader in office. He tried to get things done while people were trying to sabotage him. Again, the one thing I want you to remember is him waking up every morning thinking, there's a bottle of water next to my bed. Do I drink it? Will my son be okay? Is my wife going to be okay? Is this, right? They judge him for being reactive, right? They judge him for being reactive. He had every right. You were listening to him. You would see him on TV. You would see him talk and you would see him accomplish things. But what you didn't see is that he felt almost kind of like the way I feel sometimes on social media. He felt like no one was listening to him. His cabinet, right? The people that were supposed to be assisting the nation weren't listening to him. 
law enforcement, the agency, the Department of Justice. He was telling them, this is happening. We need to fix this. And people were constantly ignoring him, telling him, you don't know how politics works. Okay, just let us do it. And now I'm going to tell you, when this new administration comes in, it will be something America has never seen before. It'll actually have people. No more groomed DC idiots. No more friends of so-and-so who got a reference. I don't give a shit if you went to Harvard or your local community school. It's all about your self. I didn't care about anything else. You're going to see how it's going to be. President Trump was in a position where he literally was in his own echo chamber speaking for the people and they were silencing him, warning them, hey, they're going to do that. No, they can't do that. This is America. Come on. You don't know how politics works. Don't worry about it. You know, he was like, you know, this doesn't seem right with the numbers. Yeah, just go with it because everybody else is saying it. You can't. I, 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 I honestly can tell you that when I pray and I pray for him because, you know, he feels like he's not even worthy. Uh, you know, and I think that's because, you know, the seasoning that he got in his life is what made him tough as nails for now. But you know who I am also grateful for? Dan Scavino for being by his side one million percent, right? Dan Scavino, I think, was probably, aside from his wife, the only one that he could probably bitch to and have a clear conversation because, you know, Dan should be in everybody's prayers. He's been lifting the president up. I know he has. And, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like that guy in the bar, the one that brings all the ticks to your yard, right? It says, look, he's got a milkshake. Come here. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say <laughs> what they were saying was that he, we know who he is, how he is. Try to remember what went went down. They tried to rig the 2016 election and failed because their own people flipped on them, right? The Secretary of State at the time of Georgia even said that their machines were penetrated, right? Claimed it, stated it, and then he changed it. It was DHS. DHS has no business being uh, on the machines if they're not on the internet. Then they tried to entrap him. With being a Russian asset, they had the whole world saying it. It wasn't just our media. It was CAA, brand marketing, of course, right? Every single actor, every single media person, every single one of them sat there and pushed the idea that our president was a Russian agent, right? And worked with Russia. While he had a few small groups of people working hard. And this is just the beginning of 2017. And then Lindsey Graham, who we all know where he sits now, finally, and others who we all know now where they sit, suggested a special counsel. And of course, they're going to bring Comey's old friend slash partner in crime during the Bush administration um, to lead that. And then Comey and then McMaster and then everybody and their mother would cause him harm. Every single person. And now we go into 2017 summer. We catch some actual agents, a Russian 
assets within our American embassy that Teft had. So there we caught Teft. So he got fired. Right. Uh, we see a lot of dirty dealings with uh, the State Department. So then he slots in Mike Pompeo. Right. From the CIA after he was at the CIA. Pretty interesting. I mean, it's no different. It's from proper CIA to clandestine CIA. That's where Mike Pompeo went from regular CIA to like actual clandestine shit. Um, and then he started to realize that he needed other types of people in there. But all the while they were attacking him, Russian agent, we're going to impeach him because he's Russian, this, that, you know, why is he blocking borders with COVID? He didn't block them fast enough. Uh, Mail-in ballots because we're all sick. And then they cheat again. And then we had some sidebars. So let me be fully transparent with you. I think I've mentioned this, but I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it. So let me make it crystal clear. In August of 2020, when um, Millie was arrested and then she came out, Red State Talk Radio, the guy who supposedly owns it, Scott Adams, that's his name, not the Dilbert guy, the other guy, tells me that um, he can't do, I can't have my show because Paul Preston thinks I'm too Q. I, I talk about Q a lot. And I'm like, but I don't. Obviously, they replaced me with <laughs> Matrix and Shady Groove because their numbers tanked and they had no money. But regardless, this is what Paul Preston said. That's what he said, right? And so they canceled my show. Oh, by the way, without telling me, my SQL server was deleted by Haley Kennington, who worked with Ali Akbar. And Ali Akbar um, was actually uh, targeting Millie and... Um, uh, so was Caitlin Bennett, right? The one that hated babies and was pro-abortion now is a mom. And God, please have mercy. Um, so Ali Akbar attacked really, really hard. And I thought, okay, maybe it's because he's seeking attention. But he went after me, right? And it seemed really weird because what he was doing was, you know, saying things that didn't make sense. And then as I looked into it more, I was like, wait, this was actually pre-organized. Came all the way, traced it all the way back to the Attorney General of North Dakota CIs. And obviously to people I used to work with. So it seemed really, really odd, right, to me. It seemed odd that he was so infatuated with me. You know, I just hope one day he goes to a prison with fat women, not men. He'd have too much fun there. But it seemed really, really odd to me that um that happened but you know where it seemed really odd when he came out in public and i have that recorded and said that he told sydney powell not to put my affidavit in the georgia case yet sydney powell had my affidavit in the um i think it was wisconsin michigan and arizona and that was weird because if it was actually in the georgia case right she could have refuted it by citing halderman because Hallerman's report, his original one, was a um, very thin, flat thing, but he did refer to some things that were in my actual affidavit. And appealing it, we would have been able to subpoena him because I would have told her to subpoena him and somebody else. And if it was actually in Georgia, this would have been over. Therefore, it seems really odd that he told her specifically to keep it out of Georgia, which means 
he must know something. And why did he do it in Georgia? And so that told me everything, you know, I need to know. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to find out because that's why he's being sued because he claimed that my affidavit was false and he continuously defames me. And, you know, you could say whatever you want on social media, right? You could flap your, you know, inbred chin all you want. You can say anything like you feel the earth, you know, you're genetically superior. You could say everything, right? You could say anything you want. And people can believe you if they want to, because, you know, you retweet people and you pretend that truth social is Ollie social, right? You can do that. But, you know, the funny thing is he says a lot of things like um, he says things like, um, you know, so-and-so disavows her and nobody. And then, you know, we're looking at his comments over dinner with the people he says that disavow me. And we're laughing at his comments while we're having dinner. Right. And I'm like, and then I talk to some of them and I'm like, why are you retweeting? No, it's good. The higher they are, the harder they fall. And I'm like, dude, don't do that. That's not fair, right? That's not fair. That's really not fair. Because then that shows that the people can't trust you. I tell them that all the time. I, I promise you, I tell them that. Why, well, why would you thump someone just so they can fall harder? Because I don't like them. And it's like, yeah, but all the people that follow you will then disown you. And say, you retweeted that idiot. You made him sound like he knew what he was talking about. And they're laughing. And I know why. Because all of them are DC groomed. That's the way they think. Right? And it's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You should just leave it away. I totally say no. Right? Totally say no. It's like when he was talking shit about Rudy Giuliani and me. And it's like, okay. Rudy doesn't know me, he said. Okay. I was like, how do you respond to things like that? You know? So I just want to say, um, you know, I know a lot of them are going to slow down. Most of them, whoever's listening, that is, uh, whenever we had these conversations, but a lot of them do slow down on thumping him, you know, but um, it's all going to come out. I mean, look, Pete Santilli, supposedly, you know, he's all up, you know, bragging how he has Joe Flynn on speed dial and calls him all the time. Yet he brings freaking Patrick Berge on that's slamming him and his brother. That's probably because Pete Santilli burnt a card threatening the life of people. Just saying. See, it's, it's really interesting how confusing it is, but it's not because all you have to remember is all of them are playing a role. Even washed up losers like Berge. They all have a role to play and they only get paid if they do their job, right? See, it's super simple. We've seen this movie before, haven't we? This is Breaking News with Peter Jennings. Team America has once again pissed off the entire world after blowing up half of Cairo. And now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out. Alec Baldwin is head of the Film Actors Guild. The Film Actors Guild believes that what the world needs is compassion, not violence. All that Team America does is create new enemies. Let me explain to you how this works. You see, the corporations finance Team America. And then Team America goes out, and the corporations sit there in their, in their corporation buildings, and, and, and see, that they're all corporation-y, and they make money. Hmm? Last year, I went to Iraq. Before Team America showed up, it was a happy place. They had flowery meadows and rainbow skies and, and rivers made of chocolate where the children danced and laughed and played with gumdrop smiles. 
The actors are calling for an emergency meeting. Already expected to attend are Helen Hunt, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, Martin Sheen, Susan Sarandon, Janine Garofalo, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. In the meantime, the world wants to deal with dangerous individuals their own way. My fellow actors, we live in a dark time. The world is becoming more and more violent, and the idiots in charge are making it worse. What the world needs is an international advisory committee who truly understands global politics, namely us. <laughs> the time has come for us to start using our acting talents in a different way. Yes, we can use our powers to change the world. <laughs> persuade everyone to drive hybrid cars and stop smoking. If we focus our acting on global politics, we can change everything and stuff. As actors, it is our responsibility to read the newspapers and then say what we read on television like it's our own opinion. Matt Damon. We've all done action films. If anyone tries to get in our way, we'll show them just how tough us actors really are. <laughs> Glad you all agree, because I've just been contacted by a very important political leader who is bringing all the world leaders together for a massive international peace conference, and he wants us to be the keynote speakers. Hey, David! Say hello to our new partner. As everything rolls out for the next half of the show, right? I want you to keep that clip in mind. Because everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a script to go by. And here's where we dispel scripts. We need to dispel scripts. And we need to be looking at who the actors are and why they are doing it. See, it's easy to say they're doing this, but it's another thing, right? to say why they're doing it. That's what's weird. Why are they doing it? Why are they changing everything? Every breath you take Every move you make Every bond you break Every step you take I'll be watching Every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that remix, because I would walk. 500 miles and would walk another 500 and another 500. Actually, I'd prefer to swim them because it's a lot easier for me. <laughs> but um, I would do it again and again and again. And I'm sure all of you, whatever sacrifices you have made in fighting for your community, your local community, your state and your nation, you would do it again. So now let's dispel some things. 
you know, actually I was going to start with something else, but I'm going to start with something else instead. So I want to start with this clip. Where is it? Um, let's go to Newsmax. You know Newsmax, the one that fired Emerald Robinson because she wouldn't go easy on um, Biden. Yeah, that's why they really fired her. They just say other things, but that's what they did. Well, here is someone who's calling themselves a whistleblower, right? And 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 the definition of whistleblower is you have personal knowledge and you blow the whistle, right? It's your own personal knowledge and you feel that you are threatened, so you blow a whistle, right? That's that's basically what whistleblowers do, you know. And um I myself, for one, uh, am not protected under whistleblower protections. And even though I can't stand the shit out of Patrick Berge because he's just a demonic loser, um, he wasn't protected either because he was just a contractor. Uh, When he blew the whistle on um, some high-level official uh, that um, was into kitty dealing. And that was very unfortunate. I watched that, and I was like, he better have protections. He's one degree separation. He should have protections. Yes, yet he does not. And this is why uh, they outsource to contractors to do shit, because they don't get protections. See, that's evidence in itself. And, 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 And I am hoping to fix that. With whatever time I have here, I will attempt to fix that. No more loopholes for these people getting away. But anyway, let's see how they minimize whistleblower and what he says. And I'll pause intermittently and comment, of course. Or who handed Hunter Biden's laptop to congressman and the media reveals he has uncovered another 450 gigabytes of material that had been deleted. He says he has uncovered 80,000 new images and videos and 120,000 emails. But Jack Maxey says he fears for his life and has fled to Switzerland to work with IT professionals to continue digging through the laptop. When the laptop first surfaced at a Delaware computer shop, it revealed a trove of shocking photos of Hunter's apparent drug. So let's stop right there. Now, the laptop itself couldn't have more than what he says. The only data, if, and not, and it's not that big, that he would have uncovered is using a specific tool to hijack backed up copies of Apple cloud-based backups, right, of phones. Because the one thing he did was backup phones of his kids, his nieces, his nephews, um, using Dr. Phone. So the only way he would be able to access some extra stuff is through cloud data, right? And in order to have access to that cloud data, you have to break the law, right? Unless you have passwords available to you, it's breaking the law to actually hack, right? If you use something like Pegasus or something to, to, to mine what he has now, because I've, made it no secret. I've cloned his phone from the backup that was available without passwords. Not a lot of people have been able to do that. I know I had someone working with me, complete genius, uh, going through it and couldn't. And I finally did. And the extra pictures were more so Pornhub, you know, hey, I'm over here, hey, I'm over there, um, which, you know, spending time on his phone, which I keep off most of the time, um, I'm getting to know Hunter a little bit better. And I'm getting to know Hunter 
um, uh, I would say on a, on a more business E level. And I'm also getting to know a lot of people that have been put in positions by Joe Biden are actually in these texts communicating with Hunter, of course, um, saying things like, Hey, you know, um, like, hold on, let me, let me pull one up. There's this one guy and he's like, Merry Christmas, da, 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 da. And hey, give me a call on this number. Wait, is it that number that is on the phone? Trying to see. Info. Yeah. So he texts him from a phone number and says, call me on this number. We'll be in D.C. with my 14-year-old son at the Hotel George between March 18th and March 20th in New York City between March 20th and 22nd. Let me know if you want to get together. I can also grab tickets to Wizards game Monday night if interested. And this is because earlier in 2018, he said, hey, Hunter, glad we spoke the other night. How about we meet for lunch at the Century Club? You know, if your dad wants to run, let me know how I can help. This is what all of these people have been texting. How can I help, right, with your dad, right? I'd love to help your dad. And all these people that I looked up have all gotten positions within the Biden administration, which is quite interesting, right? Um, so uh, I'm a little bit confused, one, how he gets, you know, double the amount of data that was available and if he got it and, you know, why he went to Switzerland. Now, I heard some bullshit excuse that in Switzerland, they have all this. I'll tell you what I think. I think he's in Switzerland because they're cutting deals that they won't take down certain UN officials, certain, you know, WEF officials, certain leaders of nations, certain, you know, uh, groomed soon to be leaders of nations, uh, big, you know, uh, giant CEOs of companies. This is why he's there. Because it makes no sense why he would be there. See, he claims that he's being followed during the club, but he's worried about his life. Well, I can tell you for a fact that Garrett Ziegler actually calls these people up that are in the laptop and says, hey, what can he tell me? I mean, I've got this, you know, email over here. What can he tell me? He's interviewing these people. He's asking them questions. He called Devin Archer and spoke with him. And I was like, shut up. You did? Like, he's literally going out there and asking questions and is not concerned at all about his well-being because here's how the system works. And when I say system, I'm talking about the system of life. Whatever you do that is for good with no evil intention, you will not be harmed. The only time you are open to harm is when you believe that there is harm due to you. So I was actually quite shocked, first of all, and I texted a lot of journalists. I'm like, why the fuck are you using the word whistleblower? He's not a whistleblower. Everybody and their mother had that laptop. And let me show you because he's a whistleblower, right? He said he gave it to them. He had it. He had all this stuff. Let me show you something. I want you to see this article on your screen right now. This article is from, look at the date. Hold on says 15th of April, 2020. Senator Hoven, Republican, does business like Biden. Babushka laundromats, right? 
China, 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 right? Firstly, there's no company that I have located called Finger Lakes Company that is related to Joe Biden's family personal portfolio of companies that he and the Chinese own. That doesn't mean there isn't one. This is 2020 when nobody was talking about this. April, right? April. Let's keep going. That doesn't mean there isn't one. But what there is is many companies named after the Five Finger Lakes of New York and operating in that vicinity that is in that portfolio. And all of them seem to share the same address. Also, many of them Chinese Communist Party owned. I wonder if Chinese is a second unofficial language of that region because it's not Joe Biden and co that have interests in the area, but many Republicans, including Senator John Hoven. In other words, the former president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, and his family, they have fiscal interests, have concealed financial information that shows that the majority of these shell companies are owned, funded by the CCP Communist Party, Chinese Communist Party, and through those companies allow them to enter, infiltrate, spy, and influence our nation's policies and economy. Again, I'm referring to this, and it is from 2020, right? When looking into history and fun facts about the area, aside from the rabid child trafficking, missing persons, dubious land trusts, and insane tales of terrors in the area surrounding the Five Finger Lakes of New York, I stumbled upon, you know, and and I wonder, right, how is it that no one saw what I was saying in 2020? Yes, they did. Yeah, you know, the right people did. (sighs) Insane tales of terror in the area surrounding the Five Finger Lakes of New York, I stumbled upon something I found interesting. Henry Longfellow was once offered a position by New York University. In fact, he had traveled to the newly formed village of Skenados and was inspired to write this poem. Ultimately, the position was never created, and so he never worked at the University of New York. His poem, Paul Revere's Ride. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from town to town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light. One if by land, two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. There's a funny thing about this area from the Hunter family origin, water and money. Skinnedles was in a massive dispute with the city of Syracuse over water. Eventually, a pipeline was built to funnel water to Syracuse at the cost of $4 million back in the day. Also, a massive, very odd, and very discreet trust company protects land in the Five Finger Lake region, specifically forests. Water, a topic you're going to revisit very soon. And then here are emails, four pages of Hunter Biden emails. Again, I refer to the date of this article, 15th of April, 2020. Now, skinnedles, skinnedles, whatever, right? So I want to know, how is it that I don't call myself a whistleblower? Having made this public way before Jack Maxey, it makes no sense because, you know, according to Jack Maxey, 
the time I got the laptop was at Mayor Rudy Giuliani's in 2021. That would seem really bizarre for anyone doing math, right? For anyone doing math. Now, this article had a lot in there. Let's keep going, right? Let's keep going. Firstly, there's no company that I have located. Oh, I already went through that. So sorry. I have to read it for my listeners. In essence, the Chinese government owns all the companies that the Biden family owns. When the following money, when fo- when following the money from foreign nations, the babushka effect was real. People like to call shell companies, but babushka is more like it. When you get to the last doll, you see who gets the short of, of the stick. In this case, as in many others, the last doll in this case is a U.S. taxpayer. Let's unpack that statement. You see, I have been telling the world exactly what is happening, right? For a long time, very long time. Talked about the Bidens and their everything before the elections. But, you know, of course, I'm only good at Google. All of these facade businesses operate with little to no taxation. This was observed by seeing activities of Senator John Hoven, who self-identifies as a Republican, but his actions are similar to that of the Biden dynasty. Most of his operations are executed remotely. With SEC filing, we see they all come from the same geographical area, upstate New York. To better understand how massive this is, every U.S. citizen should understand how bribes work, a.k.a. easements or favors. This is why we're revisiting Senator Hoven's activities. Uh, We'll help the people understand why the mainstream media is avoiding discussing the Bidens are owned by China. Aside from monetary relations, we must examine the vested interest. Vested interest refers to an individual's entity own stake in an investment project where money can be lost or gained. And so I have a lot of these vested interests in these companies that are at the same address, same address, same address, same address, different name, right? Your same address, same address. Oh, this is where the property is uh, worth, uh, you know, 1.2 million, but for some reason it's being valued at like 10,000. Oh, look, more. I wonder who this dude is. Very interesting. So interesting. So according to the website of Hoven's company site, uh, owner and founder was some other guy because they were smacked with a civil penalty. Therefore, it's odd. It's some other guy that's mentioned in the penalty suit. Can you spot the obfuscation? Right. Some other dude went under the bus for then Governor Hoven. And then, you know, oh, and you know what's funny? You see this law firm, Vogel Law Firm? Well, in 1999, after helping the attorney general of North Dakota get out of a really bad second divorce because his wife saw him having sex with a child and she filed for divorce, they quickly pulled, allegedly, her first report. And then the Vogel Law Firm, which was the firm that she went to, got themselves a cushy position being on retainer for the state of North Dakota to work on cases for politicians. Get that, right? So weird how they got that. And then uh, the divorce was actually executed in another city called Devil's Lake. Go figure, Devils. And, um, you know, the wife never appeared. The second wife never appeared. Um, She never, ever filed anything. It was all filed by her ex, soon-to-be ex-husband and soon-to-be Attorney General Wayne Stenjum to get the um, actual divorce done. So he was filing everything, and she didn't even appear, right? You see how that works? Okay, let's keep going. 
As governor, John Hoven did, under the direction and direct collaboration with the Attorney General Wayne Stengem and Secretary of State Al Yeager, who both have been in office for over 20 years, is what can be deemed legal, a legal cloak of protection for a possible child and human trafficking on our dime that could have been a vested interest. Not only does John Hoven own one of the significant North Dakota state banks, but so does the attorney general, who also identifies as a Republican, even though he and Obama are close friends. We filed numerous complaints with the Department of Justice and the SEC from 2015 to 2018, but it seems that nothing has been done publicly yet. For instance, our sources say that the Department of Justice was investigating two cases of quid pro quo in the state of North Dakota. What is also considered a motivating vested interest, a Supreme Court justice and district judge in the city of Mina, among others, overseeing cases brought on by the Attorney General Wayne Stengem, recently received refinanced loans from the Attorney General's bank or, and or assistance from the AG's office. With caution, the judges always seem to find ways to appease the Attorney General quid pro quo has been alive and well in the state of North Dakota up until the election of President Donald J. Trump and his executive order blocking the property of persons involved in serious human rights, abuse, and corruption signed on the evening of December 21st, 2017. The only way vested interest proliferates and is sustainable is by being able to obfuscate personal gain, involvement in atrocious crimes, and activities by way of stymieing transparency. John Hoven entered the Senate in 2010 with a net worth of $21 million, which is an incredible amount in the first place. Considering Hoven is a career politician and a public servant, one would speculate that number to be insanely indicative of vested interest, motivated activities in office as president of the Bank of North Dakota and governor. Again, this cannot be proven because the state of North Dakota laws protect public service financials, including and not limited to judges. Hoven has seen an interest in his net in increase in his net worth by an extraordinary 24% every year. He has um, held the elected position to serve the people of North Dakota since 2009 as senator. In fact, if anyone like a state auditor does actual work and exposes funny business. They are quickly terminated or stripped of authority. The explosive North Dakota State Auditor Report published on March 25th, 2019 was so damning that the North Dakota state legislators pushed and voted on in legislation to disallow him to do his job. That sounds insane. But here's the reporting on it. State agencies are also upset that they have come after his position. Sources claim that he has been investigated with secret subpoenas, monitoring his communications that we have not been able to substantiate, as only one state authority has that right, the North Dakota Attorney General's office. And that office has a history of noncompliance with open records requests. So this is Burgum signs off on legislators power grab. That's a real thing. You should read it so you can understand how it works in your state. Incredible how Josh Gallion does his job to provide transparency and accountability as state auditor and the governor led the pack to limit his ability to audit and sets the tone of what is expected of the North Dakota state auditor. Now, the state representative at that point says, this is how these things are supposed to go. It's not supposed to embarrass people. That's because they found out about kitty diddling and whatnot. So as you can see, 
without saying it and saying it, I kind of drew a simile of things that were happening in the state with things that were happening, I don't know, with like state Supreme Court judges in New York and shit like that. Because, you know, to be able to do this amount of shit in the state and be covered, and like I said, I had put this on here in 2020. That meant I knew. That meant I had the laptop. That meant I knew what I was talking about. So I, you know, I'm not asking you to, I'm not a whistleblower for having it. No, not at all. Not at all. But what I'm showing is that this is a Tuesday for these corrupt people. And I'm also showing how it sounds really crazy what you're about to hear. Because now, after knowing that I've published emails from early 2020, I'd like you to now listen to what Jack Maxey had to say, who's apparently, well, Newsmax, I mean, Clinton Max, whatever you want to call it, Old Guard Max, <laughs> whatever. He's being followed. Oh, my gosh. Really? You should ask people that hang out with me how that is. Drug abuse and emails apparently showing Hunter's shady business dealings with various unsavory characters, including some tied to China. The owner of the shop said the laptop had been abandoned there. The mainstream media, however, immediately declared it, quote, Russian misinformation. Remember these? Biden secret emails. A really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmark, hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Or Russian, Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. Finally, a few weeks ago, both the New York Times and the Washington Post admitted the laptop was legit. Join me now from Switzerland live is Jack Maxey, a former co-host of The War Room with Steve Bannon. Jack, welcome. Now, let's, just, let's start this. You're in Switzerland. You said you feared retribution. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, I feared that my efforts would be interfered with in the United States. I also had uh, experts here that I could rely on that I've worked with in the past. And a year ago, when I first tried to release some of this because some Dear friends of mine were telling me that I was really putting my life at risk and giving me welfare calls every other day to see if I was still alive. Now, we kind of joke about that, but it wasn't a joke at the time. And uh, I showed some of this to a dear friend, Sharp Tip of the Spear, uh, a fellow who also later had a very distinguished career in cybersecurity. And he looked at it and he said, wow, I should never have looked at that, Maxi. You know, if you don't release enough of this to make them know that you could release the whole thing, which I have at my ability to the present day and I've not done it. He said, they're going to get you. They're going to kill you. And this was last February. Now, I kind of laughed about it and I said, yeah, yeah I'll get to that. But what he's. Sorry to interject. Last February, February 2021, right? Okay, my article is the 15th of April of D20. 
I, I just wanted to point out some facts. He said, no, you're going to do this right now while I'm on the phone. So with assistance, we chose five different drop boxes around the world. One in New Zealand, two in the United States, two in the United Kingdom. In each case, the material that we put on there, and it was a relatively small amount, 8,000 emails, they were taken down in under 70 minutes. I would, I would say, say that the vast, vast majority, majority were taken down. down. New Zealand. Okay. So if any of you are familiar, New Zealand is the only place where Five Eyes does not require you to use a username and password to access a vast intelligence network. Why would you pick New Zealand? Hmm? Why would you pick the place where Comey just bought a house? Hmm? Let's listen to that again. Let's just listen to how they were going to find drop boxes around the world. Two, actually. In New Zealand. You know why? Because then that gives them time to cover. But if I had it in 2020, hmm, I'll just leave it at that. One in New Zealand, Zealand, two in the United States, two in the United Kingdom. In each case, the material that we put on there, and it was a relatively small amount, 8,000 emails, they were taken down in under 70 minutes. I would say that the vast majority of them were taken down in under 15 minutes. And uh, in desperation, I reached out to a European colleague who said, why don't you try this organization called Swiss Transfer? They'll let you transfer 50 gigabytes at a time. The file was 1.7 gigabytes, which would give us maybe 20, 30 downloads each time. I did that for about two weeks. We probably released several thousand uh, copies of those 8,000 emails. And then I was kicked off of Twitter for the rest of my life uh, shortly after I got a nice letter saying that they heard I was going to commit suicide and the Twitter family loved me and I shouldn't do that within hours of that letter. Uh, So when I decided I was going to try and do a forensic search of this, uh, I decided Switzerland would be a safe place, neutral country. I've been here before as a young leader several years back. Uh, Jack, I I, I, want to... Neutral country, kind of like Paraguay, Uruguay, right? you know, neutral places where the young UN people are sprung up. Neutral. Are you fucking kidding me? There is no, you know where the neutral ground is in the United States of America, outside of the eyes of the selected puppets. You know where neutral territory is in your back yard at your farmer's market, right? That's where neutral territory lies. Why would you go to the Swiss with their stupid little knives that deployed (laughs) the most corrupt practices for their own citizens? Why would you go to Switzerland after they gave up all the banking information of all politicians in Europe so that they can blackmail them into signing on and joining the EU in the 90s? Why would you ever think that that was neutral? No. That's a deal-making nation. That's what it is. It facilitates and brokers deals. Uh, and I'm reading this so fascinating, this story. Uh, when we heard about this, we, we, we scrambled you to, to Cameron. And again, you're in Switzerland. You're, you're fearing for your life, retribution. You also said once you posted some of this or gave some of the stuff out, that there was black SUVs, Suburbans, uh, kind of following you, showing up in front of your house. Who do you think that was? And who do you think took down the, the emails that you did post? Uh, I believe that the U.S. intelligence services took it down. And I believe that that means that they knew very well what was on the laptop. To the present day, the FBI has admitted that they have custody of it. I have heard from some insiders that it's 
at their CI facility next to the Baltimore airport. And uh, I think that the counterintelligence group buried this. Uh, I also think that probably those people in suburbans were bad actors. I was definitely followed in New York before Christmas. I had what I believe were federal agents in my hotel room in, in my hotel in Zurich 24 hours after I arrived. I've had to stare down what uh, appear to be Chinese nationals in Zurich once and uh, two of them. And uh, it's been an uncomfortable situation, but. Sounds like a whole lot of complaining. <laughs> you know, I laugh about the facts that I had people with black suburbans following me or how, you know, Millie's little child recognized that the bellhop in that hotel was the same one as the hotel on the other side of D.C., right? Or how I spotted out an agency driver from Tanzania <laughs> wearing fake teeth. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? You went to Zurich to be safe. That's where you go to disappear. And that's where you go to make deals. And I understand. He Here's, here's the real deal. They're upset. Ziegler took it the right way. He said, you know, I'm going to put a report together, a really good one, a thorough one. I'm going to put a report. I'm going to call all these people. I'm going to have things professionally translated. I'm going to have things all done correctly. Right? It's not about oohs and ahs. It's about doing the right thing. And he did. I mean, he came to me to get a copy of the new, for, newly formulated laptop that was created in New York um, with every piece of information, the one that I had, the one that was on Mega, and um, whatever we could scrape from Mayor Rudy Giuliani's. It just had to be merged. So the bottom line is, you know, he's he's claiming that he, he needs to be in hiding in Switzerland when... I don't see Garrett hiding or me. I don't hide. They know where I am. I know people come into my house all the time because that's the only time that my ring doorbells go off. That's why I make sure I have other things going on. But that's a story for another time. People that were with me just in Louisiana or even (laughs) wherever, they could tell you. I mean, we went out drinking and we had literal state troopers in the bar. And a lot of OnlyFeds, too. They looked exactly <laughs> like the one. One of them was exactly the guy that was in D.C. pictured as a, as a fed. I'm not kidding you. Like, we took a picture. Okay? So, Garrett has to take his time to put this together correctly. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's taking long. Yeah, it is. We're talking, there's tens of thousands of emails that are all disconnected amongst each other. There's a shit ton of text messages and pictures. Some are from his phone. Some of them are from, uh, you know, um, his kids, his niece, right? There's a lot. And you have to sit there and try to get into his mind and see, um, you know, what is going on. There was a lot of data that is in the cloud that I have been battling to get now. If he's working with some really, really big people that want deals, he could have illegally accessed the cloud. And if he has, congrats, because I didn't get that much data from the passwords that were available on the laptop. So, but I find it really, really hard um, because the computer itself didn't have 
that much data to collect off the cloud. So it's really weird how he collected that. So it makes me wonder, you know, why that and why he's considered a whistleblower. I don't understand. I'm constantly reminded that I'm American and plenty of better men than me are taking dirt naps. And I'm going to keep my oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Jack, what did you find? I mean, I assume you, you, you don't you not only realize you have 120,000 emails and 80,000 pictures of you've seen these things. I assume that's the case. Yes or no. And then also, what have you seen? What have you seen that we haven't seen yet? Well, for example, think how horrifying the original laptop was. And we only had 28,000 images. When we first took a look at the first 4,000 that we downloaded, it started out as little thumbnails that we enhanced. Uh, I was very uncomfortable looking past, say, the first 10 because these were pictures of young girls clothed, but behaving in ways that their parents would not have appreciated. And we have to remember that he didn't erase some horrifying stuff. So if he went to the effort to erase 80,000 images and videos, there's got to be some bad things on there. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, just the- just just want to be we, we, we can't confirm Newsmax can't confirm it. We hope Congress does investigate that. But so so the, the what you say you've seen are are horrifying pictures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what are you going to do with these, Jack? I mean, you have you have quite well, a treasure trove of, of information that could be very damning, I guess. Uh, what, what's your plan to do with them? In day four of this, we found root certificates that gave Hunter apparently access to the Department of Defense. I called the following morning the U.S. Embassy in Bern seeking a face-to-face with the regional security officer. They never called me back. Uh, it took me till Friday to find a two-star general to do something about it. I was told the following morning that they had, and they thanked me. Uh, I also, on that same Friday, this would be two Fridays behind the, the last Friday, called David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware. I spoke to one of his attorneys. They never called me back. I tried David Weiss again Friday a week ago, never called me back. Uh, My objective is to expose the truth. That's my sole objective. And in the process, hopefully save American uh, young men and women and young men and women of our allies countries from being drawn into another catastrophe based upon their lies. I mean, Metabiota is a perfect example. It's very clear that it was funded by Department of Defense in partnership with, with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Stop, stop, stop. Metabiota and a shit ton of different metabiotas. Now it's called something else. I mentioned the name. Oh, I forget. I'll try to see if I can swap over to the chat because it's frozen on my end. Now it's changed its name. It's always been funded by USAID and the NIH. So, like, why is this such a big deal? You think Garrett Ziegler didn't call the U.S. attorney in Delaware? He fucking did. Okay. Probably a month after he got. Because he's been calling around. I've just been digging. He's been calling. I have been making connections. He's reporting. He's putting together a report. Right? And anything I can do to help that young man put it together and make it stellar, I'm going to do it. And that's the way it should be. 
I mean, this is all bullshit. Metabiota is a statistic analysis company, and the two people actually that he spoke, that Hunter Biden spoke with in Rome and had coffee with, which obviously Jack Maxey didn't know. He just Googled some shit and pulled it out, right? And made it, oh, Ukraine. It's like, there's a shit ton more. How about he smuggled Mikolai from the southern border? Why don't we talk about that? Right. But when I write things, it's not always just for the public. I know that certain people are looking at my things because that's why my server was deleted. Now, is it in the hands of the agency in some CI place too? I hope so. Um, and I filed a cybercrime report of the server being deleted. So, you know, Yes, Garrett is rough around the edges and he's uh, rough around the edges, meaning people, he's not like a, he's a man of few words, but he is such a good guy. He is a really good guy. Remember, I left this guy unattended in my house. Okay. I didn't care because he wasn't going to do something bad. He was there for good intentions and I was there with good intentions. So why would something bad come out? He is going to do amazing things because he's going to give a proper report that will be presented in our new revamped House and Senate, when it is, and it will be perfect. And this is why it's important that he doesn't rush to finish the completed report, that he takes his time and he does it correctly. So the question everybody should be asking themselves is why the fuck are we all freaking out over Metabiota right, when it's a statistic company? Uh, why are we talking about that when uh, Black and & Veatch and uh, USAID and NIH and CARES dollars went to this newly named company, okay? Newly named company. Of the people that met with Hunter Biden that are doing the same shit in Africa, in, you know, Europe, in Australia, in New Zealand. It doesn't make sense. Okay. It doesn't make sense. And remember, I'm, I'm more, you know, bold where I'll put it out there really early and sneak it in there because I know that people are watching and that's probably why they took it down. After Shadowgate, they were like, wait, how does this bitch have this? We just got this. Like, this is a problem. Of course, it's a problem, but it was never with ill intentions. Therefore, it's fine. Um, but anyway, regardless, the bottom line is, is that, you know, there's a lot of misrepresentation done and this is a concern. And what set this off? Pretty simple. Tori's in her echo chamber. We give no shits. Tori went on the Reawaken America tour and fucking flipped up that laptop and said right here. I didn't talk about, yeah, hookers, crack and whatever. I said, these are national security issues, right? And the fact that the 44th administration was enriching themselves with your tax dollars. That is what should bother everybody. That's the only thing. His sex, fiending, drug abuse, and the abuse that he received, the abuse that he did, right, is his demons to fight. And we should pray for him. And, you know, the last text message on his phone is actually with his handler, who he lied to. Who he lied to. The one that he's married to and plays daddy with a kid out in California, that one. I have her phone number. And it's really weird because they had no communications on phone prior to that which is also really weird. But anyway, I digress. The bottom line is we cannot have whitewashed bullshit 
reporting. I was making it known to you guys how pissed I was that they kept talking about Parmesan, right? And joking about it. Yeah, he looks funny with his thong underwear, right? But it's actually quite sad. His story is really, really sad. Um, there were people that actually loved him, right? And the whole art thing, you know, he's not a great artist. He was actually using that for therapy. Uh, this artist was trying to get him into therapy by writing. I'm just saying. So that's what's really, really important. The national security, right? And the 44th administration enriching themselves with our tax dollars. And no one is going to throw you in jail, right? For talking about it. You know, no one's going to say, oh, you can't, you know, put that phone number up or email. Fuck, I can. It's already open source. So there you go. Right. And it set them off. The minute I put it up there, the bitch has a platform. Fuck. All these people saw this shit now. Now we need to shut it down. Now we need to drive the narrative. My phone blew up the next day. I was just like not even talking about it. Right. I was just leaving it alone. I was just like, whatever, who cares? It wasn't until the week after that the New York Times got with me trying to nail me for having the Ashley Biden diary first, which I physically did not. And so then Jack Maxey pops up and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, seriously? Is this where we're at right now that he just pops up because they want to control the narrative, just like the text message sent to Garrett Ziegler, let the older guys take care of this? Fuck no. We don't need deals. And you're not smarter than these fuckers. I was one of them. Definitely not smarter than them. I don't care how smart you think you are. They will outpace you because they bring you into their evil realm. And they beat you with experience. It's like stupid people. You can't have conversations with stupid people because then you get down to their level. And they beat you with experience. So speaking as someone who was, um, you know, uh, <laughs> working with these people and can actually identify these evil people, I'm telling you, this is all about control. Controlling the flow of information and how it's going. They're upset. And Garrett Ziegler's doing the right thing. He gives zero fucks. He's continuing to compile his, you know, report and he's going to do it professionally. For me, I can speak from another perspective. We're not competing. We're working together. That's how it should be. Everyone should be. There's reporters that are close to me. I, I, uh, you know, close to me that I was like, hey, maybe we should do reports on this. They're like, oh, I don't want to touch it. And it's like, why? No one's going to come roll you up. Obviously, there was no way Millie was going to touch it after the roll up she had. <laughs> it's understandable. And I make her right. I, I'm like, okay, I get it. But all these other people that are now talking about it, like they know what they, they want. And you know what their problem is? They don't want to say Garrett did it because he's the one that let, you know, General Flynn, Sidney Powell and freaking Patrick Byrne go into the White House. And they definitely don't want Tory talking because we need to crush her. And nobody knows why they want to crush me. Like, have you ever thought to ask someone like, you know, okay, you hate her, but, but why? Like, why, why? If she's doing this good stuff, what is it? They can't explain it because that's the way demons work. You understand? Oh, because she lies. Okay, so which part is the lie? Stolen ballot where that was actually fabricated and that was actually shown in court. Well, I don't care. It totally is, you know. Think. What do they have against Garrett Ziegler? Oh, he was just a coffee boy. Was he though? And say he was. That means he can't do it. 
Let's just pretend he was. Let's just pretend that he was just a coffee boy. Let's just pretend that the coffee boy that could open the door and bring people to the president, right? Let's just pretend he's a coffee boy, all right? Let's just pretend. Okay. Why can't he do this? He's more than capable of doing this. Why? His heart is in the right place. Why? He wants to be impartial. I can't even tell you how many times I'm like, man, I really feel sorry for him. I feel no sorry for him because of all this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we should always find in our heart. Nope. <laughs> like super strict on that. And, you know, for me, I, I see that the whole world is lacking compassion. And that's one thing that we all need, which is compassion. Right? We need compassion. We need love. And we need compassion. That's definite. So um, I want you guys to listen to what else he says, because it's quite interesting that all these news outlets are calling themselves whistleblowers, right? It's like, define whistleblower. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Here we go. Let's continue this. I'm sure the World Health Organization even questioned why they hadn't destroyed these biological agents from the Soviet Union when they got them? I have the same question. Metabiota is also inside the Wuhan lab. So these are things that are not really something that we can dispute. But at the same time, we need to have answers. And let's not forget, Eric, it was 50 intelligence professionals on the 19th of October in Politico who declared in their best estimation, note the weasel words, this was a fabrication of Russian intelligence. And then they had the gall to say that we're doing this because the American people have to choose the next president, not a uh, foreign government. Now, let's get real. So, so, so Jack, so, so just help, help me get through this, because we know there was a laptop that MacIsaac uh, has. It was Hunter Biden uh, abandoned it. And he, by the way, he's going to be on the show in just a couple of minutes. But wait, is this the same laptop? And, and if it's a different lap, it, it just seems like there's a lot of content here. Is this, uh, we've heard rumors of, of a second lap. How did, what laptop do you have and how did you get it? I have a copy of the same laptop that Mac Isaacs delivered to Ruby Giuliani. I don't think there's any disputing that the contents that I found recently and the contents that we discovered two years ago are the real deal. That part is without dispute. Uh, Mac Isaacs, uh, Hand salute, brother. You know, if I could, I'd love to give you a big bear hug. Without your courage and without your integrity, none of this would come to the fore. Now, what we have to understand is I'm prepared to hand a copy to every NATO ally if that's what it takes. I'm prepared to go to multiple European uh, police uh, agencies to have those images looked at if that's what it takes. It's a crying shame that I have to leave my own soil to save it. But... Uh, the American people have been betrayed, and, and without uh, pointing any fingers, the fourth estate dropped their ball on this one. If we don't have a press that's willing to cover the hard stories and ask the hard questions, then the American people are never going to make good decisions at the polls. Indeed. Jack, just, you know, a lot of people, and, and frankly, to be honest with you, I had, had not heard your name prior to, to, to you being uh, in the Daily Mail, the whistleblower, and I think you had turned over some information to the Daily Mail as well. What, how did you get involved in all this? How does how does how does Jack Maxey come uh, in contact with Rudy Giuliani and, 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 and accept the laptop, and then Jack somehow enables, opens up, unlocks all this information, this this gigabytes of information? How does this, how does this come about? Well, I ran Steve Bann's research, and then I was the co-host of War Room Pandemic because I discovered the SARS outbreak in China in late December. 
And I did that for a little over a year. And Rudy was a dear friend of the show. And so when he got the laptop, he asked us to take a look at it first, wanted us to come up to New York. And Steve said, that's impossible. Have it sent by courier to Washington, D.C. And Maxie will look at it. And I did. And within 25 minutes, I found uh, legal violations, crimes inside the broker dealer. And I think everybody needs to hear this. Peter Strzok's wife is the director of SEC enforcement put there on the 21st of January, 2021, later made permanent in April. And she's the very individual who would refer Hunter's crimes inside the broker dealer to the Department of Justice for prosecution. There are no coincidences. You, uh, so a lot of accusations here again, folks. I, I just wanted to, we haven't been that's able to. Accusation. Well, no, that's, no, but, but, here's, but, but I have to be careful here, Jack, because I can't, I can't, I can't say that we've corroborated this because we haven't seen it. We haven't, we haven't seen it. If you send it, I can look at it and say, yeah, I, I see that. But you're, you know, and, and I'm not disputing you. I'm simply saying I personally haven't seen it. I can't, I can't say Newsmax has either. But I, it, it sounds like you're saying there are pictures of young women. There's possible SEC violations. Um, what about this whole? the big guy and the 10% guy, is there any more, any further tie to the president, the current president of the United States than what we've heard in the past? Do you have more evidence of anything going on nefariously between Hunter Biden, Chinese, or, 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 or Burisma, or anyone else? And the, is, it, is it tied to the presidency at all? Well, for example, we typed in big guy in our new search program two nights ago and found about 100 uh, references to the big guy. And when it comes to uh, the harm to children, there are multiple conversations inside the uh, text communications between President Biden and his son in which they discuss the allegations that Hunter was abusing a family member. They don't seem to be interested in protecting this little girl. They seem to be interested in protecting Hunter. Mm. In fact, at one point, Hunter says, Dad, you only care about seeing the grandchildren in there. We had this conversation over a year ago where I talked about it. The texts are actually looking glass from last year. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, see, this is the thing. And there's two big guys, you know, because he searches so well. He doesn't even know how I know that Barack Hussein Obama was actually subscribed, prescribe, prescribe specific drugs. Oh, Tori. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you guys, maybe if one of you guys can reach out to Eric Boiling, I'd be more than happy to send him a bootable one. Or in fact, I would come to a studio, not even be on TV and give him the laptop to look for himself. I mean, the people in Louisiana had the opportunity to play with it if they wanted to, too. Um, I brought it to the table and I was like, here it is. Here's the pictures and everything. And take a look. There you go. It's all there. It's not hidden. So, you know, all of this was already on there where they were talking about the abuse and the gun and everything. And the thing is, rather than it be disconnected text, please go to the looking glass and you will see that all of it is nicely done with a good chain so it can go down it and you can understand it. So, <laughs> you know, it makes no sense how this is news now and how, you know, it's suddenly a big deal. I mean, it's seems like every single person that tries to scream really loud of ownership of stuff like this and that and stop the steal in a lot of trouble too so fucking weird you see you see that's how it goes their mom their mom and he says and he says no hunter i only care about you and mommy agrees with me we don't care about the grandchildren or their mother 
this is horrible stuff and it needs to be looked you, into. You, you read that email? We that's an email, about, Jack? That's an email that you read? That's an attack. I've posted it numerous times. And when I talk about whether or not Joe was involved in the criminal activity and a text message with his daughter on the 25th of December, 2018, he says to her clearly, you'll be lucky because I've had to pay all the bills for this family for 30 years. And now I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and uh, I still have to give 50% of my take to uh, Pops. So it's all pretty clear to me. And, uh, you know, I, I must be frustrated that my integrity is still being questioned at this point because everything I've said has been true. I'm not in the habit of saying things that are not true. Yeah. I, uh, you know, never wanted to be an internet star here. I just wanted to do my duty, and that's what I'm doing. So what about, you know, I'm just brainstorming. Have you, have you reached out to, to some of the, you know, the, the whistleblower uh, welcoming side, WikiLeaks, for example? Have you, have you turned over anything to them where they seem to be I, able to get stuff published and, you know, without this being pulled from any federal governments, whether it's ours or other? I tried to contact. I'm sorry, guys. Do you see my shit being pulled? I'm just saying. Has the looking glass gone down? I'm just saying. Do we need WikiLeaks to publish it? We got the looking glass. I'm sorry. Do we see it being pulled down? Like, what is he saying? Like, why is Eric boiling? That shit's been up there for over a year. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm not understanding. See, this is it. I'm not understanding. I don't get it. And he's not saying right now what he was talking about, the text. He's not lying. And this is my hookers talking to Hunter, telling him that you're paying everybody's bills. You have to beg people for money. You know, you're giving your dad over 50% of what you make and then he distributes to every other motherfucker, right? Don't you feel like shit? You can break through this. This was me working those. That text message was because of me and Ashley and him colluded because I did that. I, I'm not asking you to give me a cookie for it. I, you know, for me, uh, the intentions when I started this was not, let me save my country, was revenge. Revenge. And so my intentions were not good. Hence, I do not need a cookie for that shit. Because I didn't start this. Because remember, when I found his abandoned iPad a few years ago, right, my person found it. I was actually thinking of telling her to copy it and send it to me, which would have been breaking the law. And I was actually quite lucky that, you know, I took that breath. I said that prayer and I said, you know what? Just get me a list of all the hookers. So that's all I did. I call girls, whatever. And that's all I did. I didn't do anything else. I didn't break the law and, 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 and I'm, I'm straightforward with it. I didn't do this because I, you know, was doing it because I wanted to save my country. I wanted them all to pay for the shit they were doing. And I, and, and that's how I was thinking to the unnamed children, unnamed women, and all the unnamed citizens that are paying through the nose in taxes, what they did. So, you know, I, right. Didn't do it. I, I just wanted to get back at them so bad, you know, back at them so bad because I realized just how ugly it is when they use your own shit on your own soil against you. So, you know, and I made sure that I was careful. Hookers got paid in cash. Uh, you know, call girls got paid in cash. I would have to trust that they would do what I would ask them to. I would give them money. And, you know, even call girls, right? 
the crack cookers or call girls that are, you know, the thousand dollar a night, you know, whatever. Um, they are also hurt souls. Some of them, some of them just like sex. And it's like, girl, you like sex more, get as much of it as you can. Okay. I'm all for you if you want to do that for a career, but the majority of them kind of fall into that pocket because they're broken, right? So they can recognize other broken souls and therefore they can understand that. And so rather than me saying, oh, tell him to drop off the laptop, I would say, tell him like, you know, he could always forget his phone somewhere and leave it unlocked, or he can always forget, uh, you know, a book or a ledger or even a whole computer if he wanted to. Like, give him ideas of how he can get out of it because they all know that he's a drug addict so he can get it done. And Ashley Biden literally responded to him saying, I'm so proud of what you've done and sent him a card. And that was the last day he had his things. And you know when that last day was? March. March of 2019. Okay. So that's how it happened. That's when he turned it over. It really breaks my heart seeing things like this. But now let's listen to the actual whistleblower guy who was the guy that got the laptop and said, it's been on claim. Let me take a look what's in here. Oops, I better call the FBI because this is kind of serious. Right. Here we go. Okay, joining me now is the owner of the computer store where the laptops were abandoned in the first place. John Paul McIsaac, welcome. John, tell us, uh, you listened to that, that very extensive interview. Uh, a, a lot of things were talked about. What's your assessment? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I can only speak to the facts. And the facts are, I was hired to recover data. I recovered 300 gigabytes of data off of Hunter Biden's. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Hold on. How many copies did I say I had? Oh, my gosh. Like I said this way before anyone even knew this. How many? Pay attention to what he says and look at the ticker. Look at the ticker. Look at the ticker. And I said this long time ago. Look at the ticker. Ticker, ticker, ticker. Okay, let's start all over again. Look at the ticker. Okay, joining me now is the owner of the computer store where the laptops were abandoned in the first place. John Paul McIsaac, welcome. John, tell us, uh, you listened to that that. The very extensive interview, uh, a, a lot of things were, were talked about. What's your assessment? What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> I, I can only speak to the facts. And the facts are I was hired to recover data. I recovered 300 gigabytes of data off of Hunter Biden's Liquid Damage MacBook Pro. I proceeded to store that data on an external hard drive. And before the FBI confiscated uh, that equipment, I made a copy. Uh, that 300 gigs was copied to a 500 gig hard drive that ultimately one of those copies ended up in the hands of Rudy Giuliani. From there, I, I don't really have a, a responsibility for the chain of custody, so I can't say what has happened or transpired to these drives uh, that were created from that point on over the past year and a half. What I can say is that there's 300 gigs of data on a 500 gig drive leaves 200 gigs free. If there is, in fact, 450 gigs of data that has been newly discovered, uh, that would basically mean that the drive needed to be 750 gigs or larger for a recovery of that magnitude to take place. And the drive that I shipped to Rudy Giuliani was 500 gigs. So there's 250 gigs that's coming from somewhere, and that concerns me.
Is it possible? And, and I, I, you know, is it possible you found 300 gigs on a 500 gig laptop and that the 450 number represents the total found? So 300 of what you already found and an, an additional 150, that's 450, still keeps him below the 500 threshold. Uh, he may have said um, there's 450 new, but maybe he meant 450 total. Uh, is that possible? That could be possible. Um, the way that it's been described is the, the amount of contents. I believe I, I saw roughly around forty to 50,000 emails. So the, the email count is considerably larger than what I originally saw, as well as the photo. The data just doesn't line up. It, it really doesn't. And that's a concern. And even if it was data that was recovered off of deleted files or files no longer on the system, the way deleted files work, when you go to delete a file from your computer, you, in essence, you're telling the computer to forget that the file existed on that drive. The file is still technically there, so if you use the proper tools, you can go back and you can recover that data. The problem is, is I performed all my recovery on solid-state drives, and solid-state drives, have, they have a built-in technology that erases the drive once data is removed. So the probability of deleted files being recovered off of the 300 gigs that I recovered uh, is, is very low next to none. Okay, John, what about the stuff you have? You have 300 gigs of, of, of data. You have mm-hmm. a copy of it. We've seen pieces. Uh, I can clearly tell you I haven't seen 300 gigabytes worth of, of emails and, 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 and other pictures and video from Hunter. What are you doing with it? Well, I mean, obviously today I woke up and I, I decided that I wanted to make sure that if there is any questionable activity occurring on a copy of the drive that's supposed to originate from my possession, I want to make sure that nothing like that occurs. Um, I, I can't, after everything I've been through, I'm not going to uh, allow that to happen. Um, besides that, it's none of my business. I did what I had to do. I approached the authorities, I handed it over, then I approached the government, handed it over, tried to hand it over, and then ultimately I handed it over to the lawyer for the president of the United States. So I really haven't done anything personal with the drive outside of reference it for material that I've been working on personally or to defend myself. Are you, are you, um, Jack Maxey's in Switzerland, he's, he's worried about retribution, said black SUVs circled his house a couple of times after release. Are you concerned about your safety? Well, I don't think I'm going to notice any black SUVs. Um, I, I used to be concerned about my, afraid for my safety. Now I'm cautious. But, you know, I, I think the, the attacks that have already occurred on my character, as well as me through state and federal agencies, have, have been the outreach. I think nobody wants to really mess with me at this point in time because what can they do? Yeah. John Paul McIsaac, welcome back to the show. And again, as this continues to unfold, we'll bring you back as well. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, what he said was correct. There were three copies. How many copies did I have? Two. What was the third one I got? The one from Rudy Giuliani. So weird. So, so weird. See, a lot of things will be coming out. And while many would believe retribution is the way it has, see, uh, Jack Maxey has changed up his story many, many, many times. 
Mine is remain consistent. I had two copies. One was the mega, one was another. And then whatever we could piece, whatever we got from the mayor. And then once I got it from the mayor, I didn't let the person that I was working with see because it's, you know, um, there was a nice little merge. And, you know, the very best will tell you that I have one of the cleanest copies there is. And I'd be more than happy to send it to anyone that requests it, right? Um, they can send me a drive and I can copy it or I can back it up and make a bootable time machine and they can boot it up like their own. See, that's the thing. I merged all three and this is why I had things. I remember the mayor saying, I've never seen those pictures before. And it's like, yeah, so because <laughs> he hadn't seen those pictures before because they were in other pieces and they went through different hands. So Maxi was not consistent in what he said. The store owner now reveals that he made three copies, never said before. And I've been constantly saying that I've had three different that I merged, right? So that's the way it is. So how things emerge is funny because, you know, I've been kind of on point with almost everything. I know I wanted to talk about Sean Penn and I don't want to get into it, but some breaking stuff happened and I really got to talk about it. Okay. Um, do you guys, you know, a lot of people think that there's personal beef, me with Ali Akbar. Let me make something clear. He did say a lot of shit that hurt me, but I learned, right? I learned that um, when you do things out of revenge, you invite evil. And, you know, in, in, in 2016, late 2016 and 2017, when I decided to get revenge and start a crusade and it wasn't for the good of, well, it was good for people, but it was good for my, for me. It's like bitches. I did that shit. Right. It comes back on you. So, um, you know, Ali Kokbar, who, you know, uh, is, uh, someone who attacked me and defames me constantly and, uh, constantly lies about me on social media, obviously, is coming to, to state that into court. That's one. But, 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 let me, but. I was angry and I clapped back. But there was no way that I would have, um, I think it was important for me to shush in September don't bother with him, but pay attention as to why he went so hard on you. Just keep that in mind. And suddenly these Bitcoin transactions came up, right? And obviously he's like your typical bitchy gay guy. You know what I mean? You know which gay guy I'm talking about. The gay guy that you want to be your friend because they will look after you like nobody's business. But the minute you cross them, they will fuck you harder than anything. They're crazier than women pregnant, okay? So that's who he is. So I was paying attention to his movements and what he was doing and how he was going out on crusades. I did notice that he had that orange thing going, uh, you know, in 2020, which concerned me. And that's what drew my attention. But, you know, the fact that now he's been, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, he was making fun of me because I was too poor to divorce my um, ex, which I wanted to. He was like, I'll pay so you could divorce him because you're too poor. And, you know, obviously he didn't. And I had to wait until I had the money to do that. Right. But 
he continuously defamed me and I let it go because I was like, I need to stay neutral because I must be missing something. There's no reason for him to go so hard on me. Um, and yet he did. He came really, really hard. And I'm like, why would this guy come so hard on me when, you know, there's evidence of him diddling with kids, right? Or having kids as best friends and insinuating that a 12-year-old's white cream on their face is nothing more than ice cream in a cheeky way, which is disgusting, right? I mean, where was that kid's parents? But anyway, the fact that everyone that he started his blog thing, Air Force guy, arrested for child uh, for pedophilia and all the people that were with him. The fact that there were sex tapes with leading social media figures, including Carl Rove, maybe with McCain and maybe with others too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out during depo, right? Because we'll watch them together. But uh, maybe, I, I, maybe not. Who knows? But Ali Alexander is his new name. Ali Akbar. And his full name is Ali Abdul Razak Akbar. And so today there's breaking news that he's cooperating with the DOJ. Why? Because he's the one that was included in coordinating assault. And I said this and everyone said, how dare you? And now he's saying, oh, didn't they do the Mueller thing? It's all a lie. No, it's fucking not. Because even people on the right are saying it. People that are really on the right are saying it. And that's what's funny. That I told the world this guy is trying to make himself look like he's intertwined with the president who, when he saw him, said, you look like Scammy Davis Jr., right? He literally said that. And he was all about that. And so here's where it comes down to, because the fact that I was paying attention to what he was doing led me to uncover who he was working with. And I'm going to tell you what, they were close to the president. And they all conspired. I mean, I have him on video saying that he's talking to the president's team. Yet there's no calls going through on the presidential phones. And I know he wasn't talking to Dan Scavino. And I hell know that he wasn't talking to Peter Navarro. And I know for a fact that he was not speaking with President Trump. And I know that he was tweeting out, I'm going to sit in front of the president. He's going to call me out and tell me how amazing I am. Because the people that were working close to the president that had told Ali Akbar what to do said that that's the praise he would get because that's all he wanted. And that is exactly what happened. So when you hear about burner phones, it was all Ali Akbar that gave that information and all the information that I gave. So funny, grand jury. So weird. Almost like somebody else was there first. The way that I've come to see it is that there were basically kind of three buckets, three categories of people involved with the insurrection. And they're all part of one story. There is, of course, the ex-president, his inner circle of enablers. Then there's the mob who answered the calls to action. And then there's this middle category that sort of knits the two together. That's the key one in some ways. They're the foot soldiers, the far-right dress-up militias. This includes the Oath Keepers, a group of whom you see here maneuvering up the Capitol steps in an organized formation, as well as the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters. They're the ones who basically took orders from on high and executed them on the ground. They planned, they plotted, they organized in the weeks leading up to and on the day and then carried out an invasion of the United States Capitol. Now, we've learned bits and pieces about their role on January 6th. The indictment of several Oath Keepers for seditious conspiracy revealed that they spent months 
training and planning to disrupt the certification of electoral votes, even reportedly stashing weapons in Virginia that they could move to the Capitol on short notice. The founder of the Oath Keepers, Elmer Stewart Rhodes, started talking about those plans months before the 6th. We have men already stationed outside D.C. as a nuclear option in case they attempt to remove the president illegally. We will step in and stop it. So I've got good men on the ground already. We've been did a lead recon there last week and we're uh, sorting out. We're going to be staging and we'll be there. We'll be inside D.C. We'll also be on the outside of D.C. armed, prepared to go in if the president calls. Sure. us out. All right. That's him saying it himself. Right. We know that another far right group known as Proud Boys also plotted and organized, but in a less public matter. Their leader, Enrique Tarrio, allegedly ordered his members to remain incognito when they arrived in Washington. And again, allegedly, he held a secret meeting with the head of Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, on January 5th, the day before the insurrection, in an underground parking garage. So here you see two different of these groups coming together to plan. But now a fuller picture is coming into focus of how these militias, dress-up gangs, whatever you want to call them, played a key role in executing the will of Donald Trump and Trump Jr. and all of their cronies. The Guardian reports the January 6th committee has obtained new private evidence leading them to believe the Capitol attack included a coordinated assault perpetrated by the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. And they came to that conclusion this week after obtaining evidence of the coordination in testimony and non-public video. You see, like so many of the insurrectionists on January 6th, the militia groups like to record their crimes on video. The committee spent seven hours interviewing a documentary filmmaker who captured many of the Proud Boys' actions on January 5th and 6th, and they examined some of his footage in, quote, excruciating detail. Sources said the new information could play a large role in establishing whether Trump oversaw a criminal conspiracy as part of his efforts to overturn the election. And most crucially for the panel, it could form part of the evidence to connect the militia groups to the organizers of the rally that immediately preceded the attack, who in turn are slowly being linked to the Trump White House. Hugo Lowell reported that piece to The Guardian, and he joins me now. Uh, Hugo, l- let me start on the... Uh, on the text messages we have. I'm going to go to your reporting in The Guardian next, which is excellent. You know, to me, what jumps out about the Trump text messages is it gets rid of any plausible account that this was based on things they actually empirically suspected about the nature of the vote count and was instead what it looked like, pure will to power, attempt to stay in power no matter what. I did tell the world that Ali Akbar would be the reason they would be coming after President Trump. I told the world that in November. I told the world that in December. And you sure hell know that I said it in December and January to the right people. So I just want to say I did tell you that he associated himself with the right people to make it look like it was coming from him. I also told you that those that are closest to him were the ones that were fucking him over. They like to talk and text and record themselves. You see, that's the thing. So it's kind of interesting how I was right. See, how I was right. But it'll all come as it has, and it will, and you will see how this all plays out. I can't tell you the story. I can only tell you that you're going to love the way it ends. Right. And, and, and that's, that's exactly, exactly how Judge Carter phrased it in the Eastman uh, ruling recently, it was that it was a coup in search of a legal theory. And I think this kind of goes to the heart of everything around Trump's effort to overturn the election. Right. The one thing that stood out to me about the, the text message 
that Don Jr. sent to Meadows was that it was coming uh, even before the election had been finalized and we knew that Joe Biden was the winner. And it shows that this plan, the scheme to have Pence interject in the uh, certification process on January 6th and to somehow throw this to the House in a contingent election on the 25th Amendment was not something that was just thought up in the days before um, the joint session of Congress on, you know, even on January 2nd, when Eastman wrote his infamous memo about how to stage a coup, he effectively um, put it out in writing, right? But the ideas were being formulated months and weeks before, um, before they, before it was ultimately, you know, Trump tried to implement it by pressuring Pence. Let's talk about your reporting, which is really eye-opening to me. So I, th- I think these groups are crucial because, you know, we have a fair amount of evidence that they were really the instigators. They were the sort of avant-garde here, right? They were the front people to sort of break in. They were the ones doing like actual plotting in advance of the day and on the day. And the question is, what do we know about how they coordinated with each other and who else they were coordinating with? What does your reporting suggest about what the committee is learning and the answer to those two questions? Yeah, so the committee has been amassing a whole bunch of evidence in recent weeks about the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and the other militia groups that were around on January 6th. And the determination that they are coming to is that at least part of the Capitol attack was a coordinated assault by these militia groups who were in contact with each other in the days leading up to it, both in, both on the phone, both in, and in person. And I think this is where the investigation is heading next, right? The, you, you referenced this uh, in your, in your opening. Uh, this underground parking lot rendezvous that happened on January 5, just a stone's throw from the Capitol, where you had uh, Stuart Rhodes the, and uh, Enrique Tario, the, the head of the, the, the Proud Boys group in D.C., meeting um, to discuss, uh, presumably, what they were going to do the next day. Now, the Justice Department has said in, in an indictment that they, they understand the word Capitol was said uh, in that meeting. The Select Committee is not quite so sure uh, which is which is calling them to look at that evidence with some mm. skepticism. But it's but the fact of the matter is that you know all of these militia groups were meeting and they had communications with each other and they had communications with some of the rally uh, organizers who you know as as I said in the reporting you know spoke to the Trump White House. Talk to me about the the uh, the documentary. One of the through lines in this is probably the most documented crime in history. I think. Uh, I mean, this has been a through line of Ryan Riley's reporting and other of, of just individuals who've been caught up. Uh, but but there there were documentary filmmakers, apparently everyone there were everywhere. There were streamers. What, what can you tell us about that aspect? Yeah, it's this really bizarre element of this whole Jan 6 uh, capital attack was that Roger Stone had a film crew with him. Enrique Tario, uh, the head of the uh, Proud Boys, had a film crew with him. And this is this is the uh, documentary filmmaker who who spoke to the committee uh, on Wednesday for around seven hours. I think he got in around 9 a.m. He was done around uh, just, just before 4 p.m. And they went through all of the footage uh, in really minute detail. Um, they, they looked at two things in particular, the, the parking garage footage where they were mm. trying to discern what was being said, what was being organized in that, in that, mm. in that meeting between the head of the, uh, the militia groups. And they were also looking at this 17 minute video that has not been released publicly yet. Um, that basically documents the crowd moving from the ellipse, um, to, you know, breaking the police line uh, at the base of the Capitol. Uh, and they have also been looking at footage of Ali Alexander and other people connected to the Stop the Steel movement that was so instrumental on Jan 6, um, walking around the Capitol, towards the Capitol, essentially trying to track their movements and figure out who was speaking to who, you know, who was communicating where, who was going, you know, and then doing what 
um, as they kind of piece together this puzzle of the, uh, the militia groups and how they connect to the capital attack. We should note there's some significant developments in terms of who's cooperating. Ali Alexander, the in- individual we were just showing pictures of, um, uh, is cooperating. Uh, the Justice Department's January 6th inquiry, that according to New York Times reporting, at least, that just crossed a few minutes ago. There's also uh, a leader of the Proud Boys who pled guilty to conspiracy and assault charges in the January 6th Capitol breach. And as part of his plea agreement, he's agreed to cooperate with the government's ongoing investigation. It does seem like there's, and that's over on the Department of Justice side, right? That's not even the committee side. So it does seem like there is there are some very significant developments on that part of the investigation as well. Hugo Lowell, who's been doing fantastic reporting uh, on the committee uh, throughout. Thank you very much. And he has. And, you know, it all boomerangs back. See, Ali Akbar took over an event that wasn't his. He hijacked it. Not because he cared about the nation, but he wanted to be in the spotlight and get his name in big, bright letters. And so he will forever be known. Because <laughs> even the New York Times on November 5th reported that he hijacked the original Women for America First movement. And this is where I come in. I went and watched the March for Trump. I went and watched the other rally that they had. And then I was there for. January 5th and 6th. On January 5th, I ran into those that I saw flag up in October called the Praetorians. And I saw that there was money being moved. And so there we go. And I knew it. I knew it. November 12th, I called him out. And uh, November 13th, he filed his company with that bootleg lawyer, Coleman, <laughs> who, by the way, is also a Lincoln Project. And then uh, the Big League Politics put out an article saying that he hijacked the movement and he's using other people's events to boost his site, right? That's what he did. And then he was getting some weird-ass money coming in again from September and October. And I was thinking, I was looking at the money thinking, who's going after the information? Who wants the hard drives? This is what my thoughts were. But it wasn't what I should be concerned about. So... It comes to the point where even when they were talking about the steal, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood had Ali Akbar standing right behind them. Not to say that they knew who Akbar was, right? But apparently he's considered a, a big figure in this movement. The question is, if he was on the right side, then why isn't he being represented by the lawyers that are on the right side? See, things are going to come into focus at some point. And things are going to be clear as day. See, because when January 6th happened, Mike Tremarco ensured that he had all the right people to collect the footage. Therefore, to all my listeners who were there at J6 that wish to remain anonymous, you know that you can send me your anonymous never seen before footage either. And your faces will be scrubbed and you will be fine. Because I actually protect my sources. I never give them away. Just so you know. Because somebody from my listener base gave me pictures showing Akbar coordinating in a hotel lobby. I wonder. I guess maybe the scrub metadata on that picture made its way to some grand jury. I'm just saying. 
See, these are the things that people need to see. That if your intentions are good, and if the will that you want behind it is for the intention of good, and you're not saying, I want to punish evil, but you're saying, I want good to come out into the light, then there you go. There you go. It all happens. This is the year of recompense. You want lights? Your name in lights? You claim to be a Christian while you defile young people? You claim to be a Christian? Ha <laughs> ha. Well, that is in fact taking the Lord's name in vain. Right? That is taking the Lord's name in vain. And so recompense is real. Some people call it karma. I like to use the word recompense. What you put out is what you give in. Therefore, in your life, if you do bad, make sure you do a shit ton of extra good as there's always balance. It's always the majority. You could do one evil, but you will be forgiven if you realize that you've done that evil. So ensure that everything you do is not, oh man, do you know how many times I want to say something um, uh, just to be spiteful because I can? You know, like, I just want to be spiteful. But the thing is, they all crumble under their own egos. And so I shouldn't, even though I want to be like, ha ha ha, bitches, I need to not do that. I have to say, I'm sorry. That was the bad side of me. And I have to admit, and I say that more often than I should, that I'm like, okay, um, look, sorry, I shouldn't take pleasure in it. But just a little bit, you know, just this, we shouldn't. Bottom line is the truth will be dragged out into the light, kicking and fucking screaming. And so weird. He's cooperating with the DOJ. Well, now he's going to have a federal judge on his ass because we're going to have a situation conference to talk about just Akbar. That way, all the defendants know where we stand when it comes to fuck around and find out because the law is the law. I was defamed. I was trashed. And let's pretend, right? Let's pretend that I violated North Dakota state rules and I didn't register as a charity and I spent a whole, what was it, 300 bucks on McDonald's and QVC, <laughs> which is then you have to ask yourself, how did they get the access to the bank account? That's right. They had a secret subpoena. It doesn't matter. Let's just pretend I did all that, right? Does that mean because I did $300 of QVC and McDonald's and I failed to register as a charity mean that I... I'm a bad person altogether. I mean, there's people that robbed cars. There's people that did drugs. There's people, right? Right? So let's pretend that was all true. Let's pretend all of it was fucking true. Does that mean that everything I do after that is, is bad? You know, because if you actually read the case, you'd see that that $300 was my money and it, it wasn't from people. <laughs> you'd totally see that, right? You'd totally see that. And I had bought something from QVC during Christmas because I couldn't afford to pay at full price. So I had to do it on payment plan. Uh, but, you know, I digress, right? That was my account. I could do whatever the fuck I want with it. But, you know, apparently they just nailed down those $300 because I had actually used my other card because my other wasn't working. But let's pretend that it's all true. Let's pretend it's all fucking true. Let's all of it is true. Does that discount what I have done? No. See, that's the thing. It doesn't discount. Yep, that person used to be a piece of shit, not a piece of shit anymore. Because I can count on, uh, you know, millions of toes right now, tons of people that are like this. 
Okay. Tons of people that are like that, that have fucked up in their life. They were drug addicts. I don't know. Maybe like Mike Lindell, who was a crack addict, right? So because he was a crack addict, he can't do good after. You see what I'm saying? Because if, if we just take it like that, right? That's what it is. What are you waiting for someone that's a freaking, what do you want? Someone who's a rabbi, who's never done anything wrong to actually be able to battle the swamp. What the fuck are you? Where do you live in some utopia, dysphoric utopia where good people that are innocent, that have never done anything wrong in their life can battle it out with demons? Are you fucking stupid? I excuse my French, but if we actually read scriptures, it is those that understand evil that became the apostles, the thief, the whore, the tax collector. I mean, stop. Stop. And so I'm just saying from a pushback perspective, because there's a lot of people right now that are on TV that are pursuing careers, right? That had shitty pasts. You know, I know mine isn't true, so I'm okay with it, right? People could say whatever they want. No one's going to tell me who I really am. But I'm not going to go slam them because one of them was the call girl. The other one, the other one used to jack cars up until the age of 25, right? Hence why they're easy assets to be controlled for propaganda. But I'm just saying, right? People can redeem themselves, right? Some people, they say are irredeemable. I tend to disagree on that. I mean, I don't know. Akbar falls into a different category. But again, we all have to take everything that we're told with a grain of salt, right? Because we have to trust our gut, that gut inside, right? That gut. It tells you everything you need to know. It tells you what feels true and what does not, right? And that's the way it is. And that's what, you know, for me, every time I see people thumping things, it hurts me. It really does. But I have to wait to sue the fucking state and get, you know, redemption that way. I guess, right? In the eyes of losers that, that don't know me and talk about me. And then the taxpayers are going to pay that, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, I have to wait, wait. But again, when there's water that is trashed and thrashed, you know, the, the, have you guys ever been to, for those of you that have been to the beach, there was a term in, um, that my grandfather used to tell me. Uh, when the waters were nice to swim. See, my, like Hera, for example, right? I didn't celebrate her 21st birthday. I sent her one Ethereum of the 1.2 that I had. Right? That was her birthday gift. Because, um, you know, we couldn't do anything. And I have been, I've saved a little bit of money, not a lot. And we were looking to see where she would like to go for her birthday. For her 22nd, we're going to celebrate it like our 21st, right? This year. So we were planning on picking a spot where we could go swimming. We could get away from everything. We can put the dogs in, you know, whatever. Want to go to the beach. And so when I was looking at the places that she was telling me, I was seeing that there's like surfing waves, a lot of wind. And I was like, damn, I need oil water. And that reminded me of my granddad. See, water is turbulent when it's going in two different directions, right? When you have water coming in, uh, air uh, winds coming in from the north, because the Corinthian Bay has strong winds, right? Very strong winds. And that's because you get the mountains and the flat side. So you got north and southern winds coming in clashing. So it makes the beach windy, uh, not, you can swim in it, but it's like super windy and it's just really messed up. 
But when the conditions are perfect, the term that you will hear is that means the sea is like oil. And usually that would happen between nine o'clock in the morning and 11 where the old biddies would come out and just hang out. And it would look like it was oil, right? And that is how it is. It's like there's oil poured everywhere and it's just smooth and you can swim. So um, this is it. We need to get America into that point where the two sides, the North, the South, right? In this sense, it's the right and the left. They pause and they come in the middle and keep it nice and still. By the way, I haven't found any beaches in the locations my kid has stated to find that. Like, and then I'm thinking, do I really want to travel like, you know, freaking that far away and it's so fucking expensive. Like Hawaii is on the list too. And I'm like, you know, there's no calm beach there. And then the hotels are crazy. And then I could do Airbnb. Anyway, these are just thoughts I'm having. But again, it brings me back to the point that we need to calm, calm the waves in our nation right now and stay realistic, right? And try to be objective and compartmentalize the information that's coming in of what's good and what's bad, right? And um, uh, just less turbulent waters. Just keep it, let the water be oil. And I think we're getting there with Biden. But unfortunately, we have a lot of people that are like taking a stick and whacking the water to cause waves that are unnecessary right now. And I think, uh, you know, Isaac, the computer store owner, he's an incredible guy. This man should go down in history, right? Down in history for how amazing he is and how, um, you know, how strong he is to do what he, um, what he did. I'm also thinking about Puerto Rico. I oh, know it's not, we can't go to another country. Remember I admitted about espionage while many of you are like, no one listens to you. It's like, yeah, yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's got to stay within us borders, man. I'm just saying. So, um, <laughs> just, I just popped on. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the rant. I didn't know that I had rants. Oh, I hope, I hope Melissa took notes so that I can say thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> I just popped on. Um, yeah. So everyone's like, yeah, this, this, this. Um, but anyway, what we're going to be seeing in the next couple weeks is going to be pretty ugly. Um, and uh, it's going to be um, quite disheartening. But what we're going to be doing is channeling, you know, just we're going to plow through, right? We're just going to get it done. Uh, get it done. Get it done. Get it done. U.S. Virgin Islands. That sounds good. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. I don't know where she wants to go, but I know I have to do it kind of soon so we can figure it out um, and we can all pull together. I said, as long as they pay for the pets and help out with some, we can get it done. We'll see. Um, but anyway, it's going to get really ugly for us. We're going to be thinking that we're losing, but I want you guys to know that we're not. Okay. Because if I knew this information from a long time ago, right? If I was able to know all that information from a long time ago, then that means other people must have that information, right? It's not just me. Thank you, Goldstar. It's not just me, okay? Other people, good people, no. And anything that evil tries to do during this period of time to benefit themselves will come right back in their face. And that's the way it is. Now, um, tomorrow I'm going to a campaign event. Um, you know, I am running for Secretary of State as an independent, um, which is awesome. 
So I have a thing to do tomorrow. And, um, you know, just remember, you put out bad, it's going to boomerang back and it's going to hurt because it's going to gain speed while it's out there spinning and doing shit, right? Just remember that. That's how, that's how boomerangs go. They go out really hard. And then if they're turning around, they come back even faster. Okay. And they hit hard. Just remember that and pray. And this weekend, pray and just try to focus on yourself. And I, and I urge you every time that you want to say something or you get an idea that something's bad or you get, you know, you want to do something because you will find self-satisfaction in seeing someone burn. Just, just um, pause for a second and just, you know, all I say is Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's the only thing that I say in any language that comes first. That is all I repeat. And it does work. It helps you not be reveling in the, hurt of others. I have to learn to do that. I really have to learn to do that, even though I don't want to, because, you know, I see things like this and I'm like, well, I kind of told everybody, but no one listened that he would be the reason they would tie in President Trump. No one listened, right? A key figure in the Stop the Steal movement. <laughs> see, we just, see, I want to laugh and I shouldn't. This is so bad. You know, they have him on tape saying, I don't, I, you know, people should be doing this. And now he's like, I disavow this. I disavow that. It's coming from CNN, but it still is what it is. And he said, uh, he's received a grand jury subpoena and has agreed to cooperate with the Justice Department. And, you know, thinking, damn, that bitch. And it's like, yeah, I kind of told you. I always tell people what I'm going to do. See, it doesn't, it's, 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 and it's so bad because it's in a way fun because you tell them, look, this train wreck is coming and I'm telling you about it and you can't stop it. And I think that's something that, that, that is a twisted um, point of enjoyment for very corrupt people, right? Um, but on the other hand, I believe that it's the best way to tell someone, hey, this is going to happen. You have time to redeem yourself. Whereas, you know, other people do it because they find satisfaction in telling people, well, I told you this is going to happen. You know, that I told you so, but it's more so, I know it comes off as I told you so. It's more so like, I know I was giving you a warning. Even though it does come off as I told you so, because it kind of feels like that. I like that. You know, I, I do struggle with that. I do. I do. I, I like to struggle with that because I want to be like, take it, you know, with the evil face and ha ha ha. But it's not the right way. I know that. So you know, I'm a sinner. Now, let's end today's show with really good music. Here we go. Welcome to the revolution. Your revolution won't be televised. Government been telling 
lies. If you're not with us, you gotta step aside. Witnessing the genocide, everything is centralized. The food that we consume and they spraying it out with pesticides. Easily identify the sheep and the snake, the real and the fake. Giving us a reason to pray. I'm gonna make my own choices. A voice for the voices. They trying to destroy us, avoiding the voice.